time for everyone's favorite game show. How much has Jenner had to drink? In uh, enough, uh, you know, enough. Not like too much, but you know, definitely enough. Um, you know, we're all dealing with this uh, <laughs> quarantine shit in uh, in our own way. So, you know, keep that in mind. I'm obviously leaving it in, putting it out as is, but I, I fucking heard it. It's like I had to edit it. So this goes back to the whole illumination and reflection thing. You no, know, like obviously I fucking heard this before I put it out. Uh, and I sat on it for a minute. I was like, oh man, uh, I was a little extra fiery. Uh, but you know, it's fucking great. Here we go. <laughs> I love it. Well, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union, we're going to shut that shit down. Record scratch. <laughs> we're skipping the preamble. We're getting right the fuck into it. Welcome to Mindwave. My name is Jenner, and I am so fucking thrilled to finally get you guys fake who on the fucking show because she's been like a fixture in the voices thing forever and it's just been so scrambled and i we haven't found a moment but we found a moment and i was like oh no 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 let's go let let's go now like let's do it so Faye, <laughs> fucking awesome welcome to mind wave hello <laughs> hi wow that what, quite a, what an introduction <laughs> I'm fired up, girl. Your story has me so fired up. I I am uh oh my god. The the whole thing about this Humanity First series is really like the compassion and the empathy that I feel for other humans for the first time in hearing their stories. Like it kind of ripped something it, it, it literally like a saw to the rib cage almost kind of opened my heart to other people in a way where I, I, I care about you, girl. Well, that's <laughs> like awesome. For, for real. Like I love you and you need, uh, you need to share your stories. So well, it's really hard <laughs> to believe that this could be the first time for you. You must, you must be, uh, whoops. <laughs> Instagram decided to sing happy birthday to us. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm, it's not, your I'm birthday, not sure what it? part of the story you'd like to hear. Um, no, not today. Oh. It was just that Instagram, the phone is uh, behaving different right now at the same time. It's funny how the phone's like listening in on us all the time. And, you know, like any little thing could set Alexa off and she'll start talking to you. <clears throat> uh, well, well, um, longtime listeners of... The Mindwave podcast will know who you are because you participated in the Voices series. Which yes, was I did. <laughs> our our voicemail line that we put out to the Yang Gang to try and uh, explain to the rest of the monkeys why Andrew Yang <laughs> was really like, no, this is the best idea. Uh, and you yeah. had one of the most honestly it's, it's 
hard, uh, so much so much of this is is even still it's hard for me to go back over because it's I feel all of it. <laughs> I feel all of it. And after he dropped out, I like many of us, I kind of went into a coma <laughs> for like two weeks of just like ice cream and scotch. Oh and man. Sleeping <laughs> and, and just went into a total depressive coma. But your voicemail was one of the best ones. Uh, it's at the top of my list. And I remember that it got cut off and you texted me back like, Oh no, it got cut off. And I was like, no, 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 no. Keep going. But we didn't get the we we you never called back. So we just had the one, but it was so fucking touching because you have a story that's that's something that people can feel, but not something that a lot of people um or really many people have have experienced, which is the you know, with your kids. Um, and, and I don't even have kids. I just have dogs. Okay. Oh. I just, I'm just a gay guy who has dogs and your story brought me to my knees crying Aww. because, <laughs> you know, you have Zephyr in your life now, but just that, just feeling that with you that like, <sighs> Well, Jenna, I, I have three children. Yourself. Maybe you already I, yes, know. You're, you're older. That, that's what I was. I, you need to tell it yourself. I, I can't tell your story for you. That's why you're here. That's why you're. <laughs> okay. God well, damn it. make us cry. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> In the I, most beautiful way. In the most beautiful way. God damn. <laughs> well, I have um, three children. And they're all boys, so my oldest is 19 now, and my middle child, I think, is 13, and my youngest is 6. So about the time when my children turn about 5 or 6, and they start going off to, you know, that's the time when they usually leave you and start going to school, Hmm. um, I kind of feel like, oh, there's nobody to hug me anymore, so I need to have another child, you know, (laughs) and I kind of feel like that almost right now because Zephyr's also getting to that age where, you know, he doesn't need hugs and stuff as much. And, um, but I want to continue having him with me because I really miss my children. My two older children are not with me anymore. And I don't know where they are physically. Like, I think the younger one is still with his dad in Washington state, but the 19 year old, who knows, he could be going to Harvard right now. Um, like his father, you know, cause they have like a special, I think they get special priority to enter if your if your dad was you know in school there, he could be um, at a local college in uh, Washington State. I mean, I don't know that he's going to college, so it's like I don't really know what's happening with him. And I know a lot of people are going to feel like, well, <clears throat> you can't see your kids because it's your fault. Uh, what happened was I tried to take my children and escape with them from the United States. And I think that's definitely true, that very few people have the experience of the reverse migration away from the United States, um, trying to escape um, the legal problems that you have here in the United States. But um, unfortunately, more and more people, you know, are having these experiences. Because I feel like uh, when Andrew Yang wrote his book, he wrote War on the Normal People, 
um, I really have a sense that our government has been at war with me and my and my family. You know, there's the there's all this personal responsibility stuff. Like, what should what should Faye have done or not done? Um, also, on the other side, I feel like what should their father have done or not done? Right, the person that I was getting divorced from. Um, so I don't know that personal responsibility can explain what's really happened to all of us. Um, you know, my ex-husband could never have done what he did without um, the aegis of the United States. You know, the entire government supported him to do what he decided to do. So, um, so that's made me into kind of a freedom fighter, my own experiences in life. Um, I was an immigrant here. I am now a citizen in the United States and a citizen of Taiwan, um, where I, I was born. And these are not things that I had any choice over. You know, I was, I was born wherever I was born, just like everybody else. You know, you didn't choose that. And then I was brought to the United States when I was six by my father and my stepmom. And I didn't have a choice, you know, you want to be with your parents or not. <laughs> the parents don't ask you, you know, when you're a kid. And so here are my countries now. And probably the only country I ever chose was when I tried to escape to Mexico. And, um, and I think in, in the end, all three of those countries betrayed me and my family. And they, they all banded together to prevent us from doing what we just, all we want to do is be together, you know. So... Yeah. So anyway, but that's given me a, a perspective. Like, I feel like I am a freedom fighter at this point. I'm somebody who's fighting for um, my civil liberties and those of my children. Um, you can hear Zephyr in the background, right? I can, and it's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Zephyr's little friends are, are wanting to hang out with him. Hey, you guys. Um, oh I'm I'm doing recording in here. Can you go outside to play with Zephyr? Because it can't have extra sounds, okay? Go on, Zephyr. Oh my God. So, yeah, Zephyr usually will be on the computer when I'm doing the live streams with um, YGRL or some, something like that. But he is um, has agreed to go outside today to go play. Yeah. That is beautiful. That is so, so beautiful, and yeah. like I, I, I need, I need you to understand why. <laughs> I just, I just need to hear the kids for a minute because it's such, it's so beautiful. Because <laughs> I don't have kids, but I feel it. Um, so, I, I am thrilled to have this piece. Well, Zephyr's got this little scooter, and it's um, not like it's. We can't afford a scooter now. We can't afford practically anything. Uh, we don't have any disposable income because I've decided to stay home with him instead of going out to work. And this is something that society's always pushing me to go to work. If you go to work, you'll be able to afford your life with your kid. You know, you'll be able to provide for your child. But like. If I go to work, I will miss him so much, and I won't be able to do the things I love with him. And so, yeah. um, <clears throat> and the other things on the table are like uh, Bernie Sanders's plan of like, yes, you get childcare, you get the right for somebody else to spend time with your kid for you, and it's like, holy fuck, how dehumanizing is that? It's, it's like, god damn, can we not just appreciate the mommies of the world? Because 
God fucking damn it. The world needs so many mommies right now. Right. And, and Zephyr doesn't need like any particular other person. You know, he needs his mom. He doesn't he doesn't want to spend his day with somebody else's mom. And yeah. you know, and I feel like what kind of work would I find when I go out? Most of the work that women do are women type jobs that you know, women naturally do. You know, like <laughs> I've I've worked in childcare, right? And so it's like I'm being hired to take care of somebody else's child so that woman can go to work. And it, I feel like this is like the biggest mom swap in all of history on this planet. You know, like who thought this was a great idea that every every mom should go to work for somebody else's child? You know, a teacher. A teacher is basically like, you know, that she's teaching other people's children and and instead of being with her own. And I want to homeschool with my child, be with my child, take care of his needs, um, you know, and teach him as well. So I'm a private tutor. And in the afternoons when the other kids are out of school, that's when I can go to work and I teach other children. But if I'm, um, you know, but I'm not allowed to teach my own child, that makes me super sad, you know. So I want to stay home and uh, homeschool with my child and I can still work, but that work is not paying enough in order to sustain us. So the after school programs, when I'm teaching like uh, just private tutor in my town, we can make $10 an hour. And that's because the other people around us don't have money, right? If, if, there are some people who are wealthy and they're like, sure, we'd be happy to pay $20, $30, you know. But then we would be pricing out the poor kids. So people in my community who are um, living in this subsidized housing area, they've come to me and they said, we would love our kids to get tutoring from you, Faye, but can you actually lower your price? You know, we can't afford $10 an hour. And for me, $10 an hour is already like, I feel like I'm doing public service at this point. So, um, like, I looked back in my records, and literally when I was 14 years old, my first job with an actual paycheck, you know, with, like, government deductions and everything, was $10 an hour teaching for a Chinese summer school. And that was back in California. So I feel like right now I've been thrown back, like, 30 years, back to when I was 14 years old, because I'm 45 now. (laughs) And so, yeah, like at $10 an hour, we cannot survive, you know, if we only had our income with no other assistance. So much of our assistance right now comes from um, like a government uh, food program. We get uh, government. um, We have a subsidy on our housing. So our rent here is literally only $81, but we also have to pay uh, utilities. So they consider that part of our responsibility. Uh, that we have to have our water and electricity paid. Um, what else? Oh, we're also getting help from my mom. So my mom is uh, in California working, and she should have the right to retire. You know, she's older now. She's past retirement age, and she doesn't want to yet because she feels very, um, she feels empowered by the fact she's able to help us, and also she's um kind of paying for somebody to help with her, like as an assistant to help her with her husband, who's much older than her. And so my, um, so my stepfather has his own assistant and that's a lot more beneficial for my mom than her staying home to take care of him. 
Like, if she stayed home to take care of him, she wouldn't be able to do that heavy lifting and things like that. And um, and that's what she has the helper do. So she's so she's kind of. Um, I feel like if she were to retire, though, she would feel financially um, impotent. Like right now, she feels powerful because she's able to do those things. But at any moment, you know, it might be just like the end of her working life, and it would it. And then she would feel in danger. So I feel like everybody needs that thousand dollars a month if we can get it. It would be not just for me, really. It would be for my mom, my stepmom, my stepfather, my father, and my stepmom. Like uh, they're in Taiwan now, trying to escape the United States again. You know, <clears throat> they're also in retirement age, and they can't afford living in the United States as well as they can afford living in Taiwan off of the rental that they're that the one rental house they have. So instead of living in their own house in the United States. They're going to go live in a place that has lower cost of living, that has universal health, right? They have those things taken care of, and the rent that they can get from their property in the United States affords them that that life. Now, if you were not from Taiwan or from Mexico or from some other country, this would be a very difficult option for you as an American citizen, right? So it's really lucky for them that they have two countries. I I just feel really bad for my neighbors who don't have a mom to help them out right now, or you know who are looking at retirement. They don't know any other options in the United States. It's really hard. Life is hard right now. Life is so hard right now, and um, the reason I've wanted to get you on the show for so long is because so many people don't have a mom right now. <laughs> right. And, and you are one of the best moms I've ever come across. And I'm just like, oh, my God, could just come into the Mindwave universe and be our mom for a minute. And Oh, um, thanks so much. <laughs> I, I kind of feel I, like that's all I'm good at. And so why should I not be allowed to oh practice God. the thing, the one thing I'm good at? You know, I'm good at being a mom. Let me be my be the best mom I can be. It's, and I miss my two older children. And so I really don't want to give up any minute with my younger kids. My my youngest, you know, it's like it's a it's a superpower. A it it is one of the best superpowers, like on this planet. The superpower of being a mommy is like the best thing in in humanity <laughs> that exists. Period. So, uh, I I don't mean to drop this on you in real time, but. Um, the reason that I wanted to get you here and use this platform to amplify your story is because I want to be the milk curtain. I want to find your older sons and I want to bring them back to you because. Oh, I wish I could because they were on the milk carton when I, when I took off, like I went to the, I went to Mexico, right. Um, with my children but honestly, there was no abuse involved on my end, right? I mean, people might say, how could little kids decide? You definitely coerce them. Um, but I, I feel like I gave them a chance to think about it. It wasn't a long time because we had to make a decision quickly. But I had gone through all of these legal problems already that people don't know about. And um, there was like no chance for us to just be together naturally. We were being 
pr professionally supervised for a while. And then the judge knew that I didn't need that. And, and she actually said something like, um, it would be preferable um, to have amateur supervision. Amateur supervision meaning not being paid. And so we could just ask our friends and family to do it. Any willing adult. And so, <laughs> and then my ex-husband didn't have any friends who would be willing to do it. So I was asking all of my friends to supervise me and my children, <laughs> which was the most ridiculous thing. They were, all my friends were jumping in to supervise us just so we could have the visit together. And without, um, without, um, like they weren't getting paid and they had to stay the whole weekend with us in, in order for us to have three days together. And, um, yeah, like I didn't start at the beginning of the whole saga because it's too long. But, you know, it's like that was sort of where we were when we decided finally to just go to Mexico. And honestly, my children were old enough to carry their own bags, you know, walk with me all by themselves. Nothing looked out of place because it wasn't. It was just me and two and my children trying to be together. So, um, yeah, I hope that they can hear me at some point. That's partly why I live a very public life now. I feel like if I live my life in a public space that people might hear about me or might hear about my children or, you know, might say, hey, um, Sage, Isaac, you know, uh, your mom has been doing this. Have you seen it? And it wouldn't be illegal because I'm not trying to contact them directly, you know, just be out there. And so they could hear about us. They could find our pictures. They could see um, Zephyr growing up. You know, because I think they really love their little brother. If they can't, I think they understand an adult is probably fine and will still be there for them. But um, to not see, to not have my children have each other and see see each other growing up. And part of this, um, the UBI is for me really a break, breaking away. To me, the UBI, the most important part of it is that it gives everybody that basic income with which to refuse any kind of violence being done to them and to refuse to do something that is not good for them or not good for their kids or not good for society, that it's economic justice. You know, if you don't have any money, you might say, I'm going to stay in this relationship that's not good for me, you know, just so I could have things for my children. Or you might stay in a job that's terrible, and you say, I hate this job, but I have to go to it every day, you know. Um, if you had a basic income, that would give you that much more power to reject those things. And it doesn't just apply to women who are often in domestic violence situations. It can apply to a child who's just, you know, trying to get out of from under their parents' thumb. You know, the parents telling you, you have to do this, or I'm not going to pay for your college. Or, you know, I'm not going to pay your living expenses as soon as when you, when you get out if you don't do this or you don't do that. And um, I think for a lot of um, people who are, uh, is it LGBTQ? Am I getting all the, all the letters right? Yeah, like if you... It's an alphabet soup. It's the fun. alphabet soup. If you, if you <laughs> yes. have a difference with your parent, you know, <laughs> you, can still, you can still immediately know that you will be able to survive and you can decide not to you know, you can decide to live the way you want for a minute. And I'm hoping that that, like, I don't even need to know where my son is for him to get that uh, universal basic income. And it gives him a chance to decide that he would like to maybe come see me 
<clears throat> you know, or if he would like to contact me. I think that he doesn't because he probably thinks it's very dangerous, you know, that I might be separated from Zephyr again. Because that happened to us when I was brought back from Mexico. They um, put me in jail for, it ended up being a sentence of 13 months, and I did 11 months of it. You have to do 85% of your time in federal. And my uh, youngest was put in um, child protective custody. And so um, when he went <clears throat> to foster care, um, I think that was very, very traumatic for him and very difficult. And I've been told in when we were doing classes and stuff about this in, in, in you know, in the lockup, the family classes said that the children are often emotionally stunted. You know, so that, so that time, it's like they're not growing emotionally. They're kind of just waiting for you to come back. And um, so I feel like he's very smart. Zephyr's really smart, and he's very, um, he's very gifted in some ways. Like he's very good at reading. I would say, like, he's probably the only six-year-old who can um, <laughs> probably spell Buttigieg <laughs> and actually know who that person is <laughs> and even say it correctly. <laughs> but he um, he also is, you know, emotionally a very, very difficult child. You know, there's a lot of things he does that um, I feel like is behind in terms of emotional growth. So... Um, if he were to be at school or, you know, in the care of somebody else, he just, people wouldn't understand that about him. So. Uh, I was not. Okay. <laughs> I was not ready to cry this much this morning. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I really wasn't. No, this is the most beautiful thing ever because the thing you're getting at, it really is the power the reason we're fighting for UBI isn't because, like, yay, free money. It really is on the existential level. It's the power to say no. It's the power to say no when something is, when you know in your soul, in your fucking spirit, you know it's not right. The UBI would give you the power to say fucking no, and it would give you the power to say yes doing the more important thing which is being a mommy <laughs> and this totally is like I felt this when Andrew Yang came out with this platform I I understood human value in a way that I never did before and I quit my job I was I don't have a kid I was like fuck this I'm going to get out of here and do this because the thing that I'm doing right here, amplifying your story and trying in whatever way that I fucking can to be like Sage, Isaac, please. <laughs> like, this is my mission now. I, I, I need to find them. I need to be the weird ass milk carton company to be like, no, I'm going to find them. I'm going to bring them back to you because nothing <laughs> has made me cry more than these fucking voicemails. Oh, I'm and so sorry that uh, I no, don't want to depress people, but it, honestly, it is it's not like depressing. It is the most uplifting thing I've ever felt. 
and I've described this as like getting to know getting to know what people mean when they say the word God, because I've been an atheist my whole life. I, I never understood what people were talking about when they talked about God. But when I opened my heart to you and everyone else who shared their stories in a tiny little voicemail, it made me understand. It made me feel the more important thing and say, fuck everything else. I don't care. I don't care if society doesn't value this at what I know it's worth in my heart right now, because I need to do this. That's the more important thing. So, well, that's one thing I feel like I have is that I feel like my priorities are straight, you know? Um, I just feel like, um, nobody else can take that from me. I also feel like I really know what freedom is and um, that that's puts me like ahead of a lot of people because I'm tired of politicians bringing out freedom, you know, when they talk about fighting some other country, you know, uh, freedom isn't about fighting people. It's about just uh, it's what like um, I think Gandhi said he had a word for it called satyagraha. And it was called, and the way he described it was the tenacious clinging to your truth. Like, this is your truth, and you're going to speak it no matter what. And um, if you can cling to, the, to your truths, then you know that there's nothing more important than you being able to have um, the ability to teach your own child and to be with your child. I mean, what can be more fundamental than that? In Chinese, which I am Chinese, ethnically and, and culturally, um, the word hao, which means good, okay, is made up of two parts. And the one part on the, the left side is the woman. And the part on the right side is the sun or the seed or the child, however you want to see that. When you put the, the woman and the child next to each other, they look like they're, they're cocooned together. That makes the word good in Chinese. So graphically, it's a very beautiful language <clears throat> that has a lot of, um, you know, kind of ancient wisdom in it. You know, people came up with these symbols. And um, it says a lot to me, you know, like what, what better thing could there be than a woman and her child together? <clears throat> and when you have a government that is not supporting that, that is tearing families apart, you know, at the border, when I heard about that, I was like, there is no way, there's no chance of them trying to get children back to their families in another country because they didn't even try to get my child back together with his own grandparents in this country. Okay, my parents were ready and willing to take my child um, directly the minute I was brought back from Mexico um, because Sage and Isaac went to go live with their father. And so that was okay. At least they're not, they're safe, and you know they're with somebody that they, that loves them. But but Zephyr was thrown into a system of strangers, you know. And the FBI agent said something like, "Well, we have professionals to do that job." It's just you know, I was like, "You have no idea what you're talking about, Mr. FBI man," you know. And so I gave my um, my stepmom and my dad's phone number immediately to the agent because that was the phone number I had memorized in my in my mind. And I said, "Can you, you know, you've got to call them, come pick have them come pick up Zephyr." Well, she refused to call them because they were in Texas 
and my case was out of California. And California social workers can't do social work in Texas, so they can't verify their house is okay and stuff like that. I'm like, but they're the grandparents, you know, they're, they, the child belongs in our family. Even my father, you know, he showed up in court the minute he could figure out where to go. And he said, you know, the Chinese community wants this child back, right? <laughs> but, but they, they wouldn't let him go. They put him in the system. In the first three days, you should be able to pick up your own child. And, you, and we couldn't do it. We had to find somebody who was in California to do it. And, and that was not the appropriate thing. The, the right person to take care of my son was my stepmom who had raised me. And so I was like, you know, so if, if we can't even do that in the United States, there was no chance they were doing that for people, you know, outside of the country. It's when you hear those things, you, you know, the government is lying to you. You know, that's when you feel like, okay, um, now I'm getting real political. Okay. I've got, I wouldn't have been activated this year, I think without some of my own past experiences. Um, but also without, if Andrew Yang hadn't shown up, I mean, I was so shocked that somebody from my particular background, like very similar background, because his, his parents are from Taiwan and my parents are from Taiwan. His parents went back um, in their retirement, just like my parents did. And funny, he mentioned that his parents were at UC Berkeley. I went to school there, you know, so there was like so much like I was like, wow. Um, and then for him to be coming out and saying things that I had believed in, um, for, for a long time. And I tell people, you, you can go back 10 years now on my Facebook. <laughs> so you could see me saying kind of similar stuff to Andrew Yang. Um, I went straight to my mom, my, uh, my, my biological mom, who's in California and helping us right now. I said, mom, you won't believe it. You know, all these things you said is just crazy Faye. <laughs> Only Faye is saying them. Um, there's actually an Asian man from, you know, who's got Taiwan, Taiwanese ancestry, and he is, he is on the national platform running for president on my policies. <laughs> I was like, no way. <laughs> so um, I kind of thought like Andrew Yang was like a doppelganger. And so you talk about religion, right? You were saying you were an atheist. Well, I guess I was kind of an atheist most of my life, right? But um, I also discovered Pastafarianism. Have you heard of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. If I'm anything, I'm a Pastafarian. Full, okay. Full so, <laughs> well, I think Pastafarianism is genius. And I feel like here's a religion that you're not just born into. You can choose it for yourself. Okay. So it's really a freedom religion. And I chose Pastafarianism because I, I do recognize how much people need that religious, you know, um, sometimes it's a, it's a deep-seated support like it keeps you up when everything else is failing you, you know, it, it's like a center of morality for you. But for me, my favorite thing about, um, so anyway, I, I forgot where I was going with this. I started going off on a tangent, but, um, Mindwave so, is literally like the entire show is tangent. It's all tangent. It, okay. <laughs> it's all about the rabbit holes. The rabbit holes make <laughs> the show. I, I cannot okay. stress this enough. People are always like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I just went down the craziest rabbit hole. And I'm like, no, that's literally why you're here. <laughs> okay. is, you were there to build the rabbit hole that I didn't think to build. Okay. But. Okay. I've got the rabbit hole now. Okay. I know where it's going to lead us. I okay. Love so it. 
Oh my god. I have I already have <laughs> notes, girl. We are so on the level. Oh, please. Please. God, make me cry more. I've been I've been crying this whole time. I don't know if you've realized this. I'm gonna oh, leave no. my my track in. I am crying this whole time because this is fucking beautiful. Well, I've, I've also okay. been in and out of my my uh, sorrows <laughs> while I'm talking to you. Um, but this oh. this part is not sorrowful. Sorrowful. Um, so I was thinking about my Pastafarian, you know, beliefs, and what we believe is that uh, the flying spaghetti monster, which is like the artist's conception of a god that's actually here in the present doing a lot of stuff for us, you know? Um, if you imagine that, you would think this entity, this godlike entity, would have a lot of um, arms and hands and appendages because hands are what you use to do stuff, right? So we're, so the, the artist's conception is like it would look like a flying spaghetti monster, you know, just all these arms running around doing stuff in the world, connecting one person to another. And so I thought to myself, well, the flying spaghetti monster sent me Andrew Yang to run for president. So my son and I can stay home together. <laughs> it's just so obvious because I couldn't do it. You know, I wasn't born in the United States, um, but he's running on all my policies. So I thought, here's a doppelganger, <laughs> right? <laughs> he's, he's hitting all the correct categories. He's male. He's tall. He's, you know, <laughs> born in the States and covers all the possibilities, the correct age, you know, has and has two children who are both boys, kind of reminding me of my family again. And, and you know, and one of whom has been diagnosed with, um, a, you know, uh, autistic I spectrum. I can't so. cry anymore. Jesus. <laughs> oh. But my, <laughs> well, in my family, it's like, you know, the, the children's fathers have been diagnosed with um, also autistic spectrum. And so it's like, wow, you know, and that was like, so he would have a native understanding of people who don't have, you know, necessarily all the social <laughs> understandings that everybody else does. It's, it's really difficult for them to create a model of how other people think and how that's going to affect the world. You know, what, what are all of these autistic individuals going to do as they get older? I mean, we, so, um, so there's, so there was just so many things that hit the mark and I was like, wow, um, I have to get involved now. It's like not helping yourself win. Right. It's it's like I'm running for president over there as this other self. And so me as a mommy at home has to step up and also try to help in my own way, but without giving up my priorities. Right. I have to focus on me taking care of myself and my son first and then my students and things like that. But I but all the other energy that I had, I was like, I have to put it towards Andrew Yang now and his run for presidency. And I feel like. Um, it's really paying off now with the with the fact that the coronavirus is here. Um, you know, we've had a few deaths in our country now. I heard that it came, went up to about 100. Is that what you've heard? As of today, I think there's 100 deaths in the United I've, States. I've been apprehensive about touching this one on, on the show because so much of it right now is excuse me I'm burping a ton it's it's a beer thing so much <laughs> so much of this has been just panic centered 
and I want to make sure that if I'm putting out any message on this, it needs to be one that is a good one. It needs to be based in science and not, you know, scaremongering. But this this is a real situation that we're in right now. Oh, um, yeah. So this is extremely serious. And um, yeah, I think now that we... T has come out and said that he's always known it's a pandemic. <laughs> So we're finally on the same page on both sides. Uh, <laughs> He's finally bringing yeah. his followers in. So it's um, yeah. Oh, Jesus, I don't. I I almost don't know where to start with this particular thing. I've been trying to find like an actual an actual scientist to come on to try and help me unpack it because this is fucking horrible. But you know what? It is the saving grace. It is the fucking thing that we needed. We needed people to go home. We needed people to have their jobs tell them the market doesn't value you today. You should go home and and spend time with your kids. We needed the mar- we needed the market and the government to say we're not going to allow your kids to come to school. They have to stay home with you. We needed that shit to happen. And as tough as that is for people in this economic structure to like actually fucking navigate, you know, when you depend on things like basic shit to take care of shit, you know, like this is something that needed to get back to this 1000%. So I, I see that coronavirus is uniting us on the value of science and the value of uh, people, human beings, and the value of actually that $1,000 a month that people are coming around to it from all sides yeah. of the political spectrum. And people are finally coming out to say that because it won't, su- it won't be supporting Andrew's run for presidency. <laughs> it's just supporting like people now, finally. So I see that, but there's some, another aspect that people aren't talking about, which I like to talk about, and that is the unification of people to understand that science is not only what is done here in the United States. We are literally the weirdest country on earth. They've, they've shown that in, past, in the past um, studies about Americans. I mean, we're still on the metric system. Uh, no, no, we're not. We're still not on the imperial. metric system. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah. the imperial system. Everybody else, <clears throat> it's like us and some weird ass island in the middle of nowhere. That's like we're the only ones. Yeah, for we're whatever the reason. We are almost like whenever you think of something, we're usually the only ones. So, for example, we are the only ones who haven't signed up on the um, UN Convention on the Rights of the Child. All right. So if my children actually had their own rights, perhaps in family court, they could have stood up and talked for themselves because, you know, we have a system that doesn't listen to them. We say only that they have to be protected by not being talked to, right? We, we hire people like guardian ad litems and stuff in family court to go talk to the children for us. <laughs> and then they can just not even ask the important questions. Like they won't even ask them, well, who do you want to live with? Or, you know, Why? Why would you prefer to live with your mom? You know, they won't ask these questions because they're protecting the children. This reminds me of when women were protected by not having a, uh, you know, not being allowed to be property owners or to vote or to do anything, you know, because we don't know how. But children have their own mind. 
You know, it's not just a mind that's twisted by parents. It's a mind of their own, and they should have a right to talk. So we have all sorts of things like, I think we're, we and Somalia were the last two countries that have not actually um, gone through the process of making sure, of, um, what do you call it, ratifying, ratifying that, the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child. And Obama said something like, um, you know, well, we can't do that yet because we still have like, um, in some states, we still have um, death penalty for children, for minors. So we're just so far from it, like we don't have. And there's just, just so, so many things that are different about us that we we shouldn't consider ourselves the the scientific center of the world just because we are the only ones who can understand our English. Like we don't understand papers that are written in Eastern Europe or in Russia or in China because we can't read those languages or in the Arabic world. And then we like put all these political assumptions on them. Oh, those scientists are only working for their governments. You know, so those government agencies are are going to be propagandizing what they say. Well, guess what? Our science is completely polluted by money, too. Right. Our science is owned by pharmaceutical companies. It's owned by the government. We actually do sponsor a lot of studies in our in 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 major universities. I mean, people sign up for grants from the government. That's grant writing is a big business. So when we when we say that science is only. Um, American or you know certain particular countries that we can trust that's just that's just false we need to start looking at science that's coming out from all places including China especially right now during this you know coronavirus time if they have more data because they have more people who've been sick they have more you know they've they've been in the effort longer than we have while we were sitting around going well China's gonna take care of it you know but we don't want to listen to their scientists so there's science coming out of China. I wish people would, um, you know, get get your Chinese friends to go read some of them or listen to them for you and get that information out here. Um, there's stuff that's going on in uh, Shanghai. They've, they've, um, they've started doing a thing called um, IVC, which is basically giving intravenous injections of vitamin C to, to patients who are having severe... Um, respiratory distress, and they're finding that it's working, you know. And then there's also studies in Australia that are saying they're using like the kinds of uh, antivirals that they use for AIDS patients, and they're finding that that's very that's working really well. Now Australia will probably believe because they do everything in English, but people doing stuff in China all of a sudden, well, they're just you know, <laughs> it's, I find that to be extremely racist, and for scientists to be doing that for doctors okay that's a kind of racism that I find really dangerous and, and awful so um, like it's racism isn't just like oh the redneck you know or whatever we're talking about people who are educated you know uh, yeah so much of this so much of this and this is a note that I made earlier so much of this is that we forgot, we as Americans, we forgot why France gifted us the Statue of Liberty. We forgot what the fuck it says <laughs> engraved at the bottom. We forgot what the Statue of Liberty fucking stands for in this country. And it is painful. 
it is one of the yeah, most because painful things the French acknowledge because it's fucking true. We gave up. The American dream is fucking dead. It's fucking dead. Like the beautiful thing that we all thought this country was going to be is fucking gone. And it's because people didn't care enough to challenge the people in power to challenge the status quo and say, no, that is fucked up. You know what? And that's why we're here right now. You and me, Faye, this is why we are here. We are challenging them and we are saying, no, this is fucked up. Take a goddamn vacation for once. Go take a trip to the Statue of Liberty and read what it fucking says at the bottom. Because you know what, motherfuckers? We need to go colonial on you. Oh, okay. You You just went there. This is so important. These motherfuckers forgot what America is. And we need to remind them. (laughs) And you are screaming like a supernova, which I'm like, you're the perfect person to show exactly how fucking broken (laughs) and fucked up and stupid this system is which is that's why you're here which is why i'm crying the whole time because i feel it girl i'm right there with you i'm like oh my god this is the how did we get here you're like the best like what do you call the anger translator for me i just think that's awesome oh so this okay you just went there and used that word that i wanted to use but i haven't yet but today or yesterday, I actually thought of this. You know how we're looking for a new uh, name for the Yang Gang now that, you know, Yang's not running. So, And also, we want to make Yang, like, not the center of everything forever, right? Because there's all of us. There's so many people here. And we want to raise up the importance of all of us, including those who are living in poverty, including those of us who have a voice from our lived experience, right? So um, we're trying to think of this new word. What is the new word going to be? And we're kind of... um, trying to give uh, suggestions and then we're going to vote on it together, which I think is cool. We're finally, you know, acting more like a, the humanity forward, you know, ideas that we've been thinking about. But I was thinking, what if we just take over the term MFers? Okay. And MF would stand for moving forward or move forward. <laughs> Cause aren't we going to be the move humanity forward? <laughs> So we could be the new MFers and take that away from other, ah, from those oh who are doing the wrong thing. <laughs> I love that because that is so democracy, and that gives me a huge democracy boner. But that, like, right there, I I have terms of endearment, and I I hear myself use them now since I took my own filters off. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty much all of my girl friends or gay friends, they get called bitch. Uh-huh. Of endearment. Like, oh my God, bitch, you're just my favorite bitch. And then right. all of my straight guy friends, they all become motherfucker. I'm just like, bro. They become bro and motherfucker. I'm just like, bro, motherfucker. This, this bro, motherfucker. <laughs> I love the uh embracing a- mfers as just like yeah yeah because it gives us a, a sort of a an edgy like angry you know um but getting stuff done you know, kind yeah. of it's, feeling to it it's pink hat 
time. This is why I <laughs> love the team cuts so fucking much because they were willing to say the shit that uh, the cultural zeitgeist was not willing to. And they were willing to be louder than the assholes. They were willing to stand out and call out shit when it needed to be called out. Uh-huh. Oh my God. I'm in love with uh, hashtag MFers. I, it's, uh, I'm launching it. All right. right. <laughs> At podcast, it's gonna happen. I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> well, the other thing I wanted to say before, you know, and I don't know how long our thing is gonna go, but I just wanted to, I think, feel like every time I do a podcast or anything like that, if I have a chance to, to talk about what we should be doing right this minute, right? Mm. If we really want to move things forward, okay? The MFers among, among us need to be out there doing this right now. Um, there's going to be conventions for Democrats, I know, because I'm more connected to that side. But if you're a Republican and you're into this UBI movement, by all means, go to the Republican Party. But there are these conventions that are going on at a local level. And for me, it's like our local Anderson County Democrats. They have their convention. And then we have a state convention coming up. I think that's in June. So our, our local conventions are happening right now um, at the end of this week. I think it's on Saturday for us. Every state is different, I think. So you better check into it right now because your state could be doing it right now. Okay, don't miss this moment. This is when you need to... Uh, submit a resolution okay the first resolution we want everyone to submit of course is for the democrat party to make it part of their agenda right to become the ubi party and the same thing for republicans why shouldn't you because you have republicans who are suggesting ubi right now okay so we're talking about a, a permanent ubi not just the emergency that we believe in this permanent UBI to lift people out of poverty. And for me, the most important part, the economic justice, that this is necessary to ensure freedom in our country. The real freedom that you can say no to people when they ask you to do something wrong. You know it's wrong, but you're still going to do it because you need the money. That's what we need. Okay. Um, so if you can write these resolutions, they're very simple. You say wherefore in the first few paragraphs. It's all about wherefore, and then you put the reasons. Okay? So maybe wherefore um, the UBI supports economic justice. Okay? And then you can put facts, you can put uh, explanations. So I don't have all the information in front of me, but you can, um, for example, Hexel, Colorado of Texas has put together a couple of resolutions that we love. And so we're all helping them to submit it to our um, local, you know, um, each county we're submitting it to as resolutions to the counties. And in our situation right now, they're automatically approving all the proposed resolu resolutions because we're going to be not convening in person, right? So a lot of people just aren't going to be able to be there <laughs> to vote on things. So they're just going to take all of them. They say they're going to automatically approve them. That's awesome. That's great for us. So if we submit all our resolutions right now, okay, it's going to go up to the state level. And then this from the state level, they, they combine the ones that sound similar, right? And they take that to the national. And ultimately, we want it to be approved as a national policy for the entire party. So um, if you can do that right now, okay, find out real fast today, if you can, you know, how to do it. Um, for us, it was very simple. You just have a website. It, it's a form, like a Google form, where you submit your information. 
and you know click on the buttons and okay so after all the first paragraphs I think I forgot I, I, I started thinking about something else after the wherefores at the end you say now therefore okay be it resolved that and here you put all what you want to happen and in this box I would say something like you know we want um, UBI for everybody uh, okay for all American citizens who are adults and for it to not be restricted by you know your job status your um, your income or by you know things like that and also for it to be at a level that would raise people out of poverty right so that's um, I think all I have to say about that what do you think oh man that this was the giantest uh, emotional purse dumping that I I knew like for, and I want you to understand the reason that I had I physically I physiologically had to put this specific episode off a little bit was because I literally I knew that I could not handle the level of realness it's kind of like what that saint that last um humanity first voices thing <laughs> the last thing with people calling in and crying their tits off i was like i <laughs> cannot handle this right now but you've been on the top of the list for a really long time because i i know how powerful your story is and i i need to amplify it uh but what i was gonna say uh -huh. Um, have you talked to Scott Santons? Well, we've had him on, um, the Yang Gang Report Live before, um, but I don't talk to him personally. I mean, I have him on, I, I, why is there something I should talk to him about? <laughs> uh, well, I, I was, um, I was just compelled to be like, I need to organize a one-on-one, -on -one. um, between between you two, between you guys, to talk about the the moral case for UBI, I think um, I, I'm not the greatest messenger on that. I've I've done my best, um, you know, and brought as many other people into the conversation as I can to well, try and push that. But I would love to have a one on one with Scott. I just uh, admire him so much. I mean. I wouldn't have discovered him if it wasn't for Andrew Yang, probably for God knows how much longer, you know, I don't, but he's quite famous in our community now and Yang gang. And I hope his celebrity and stardom can just shoot, continue shooting up, you know, um, to like a global level, because after the United States gets this done, if we get it done, everyone else is going to want to follow us. And that's it, the mission. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like, even if Andrew had taken the nomination and won and we got UBI, that was like, not, that was like the beginning of the conversation to where like, okay, now our job is to export this to the rest of the world. <laughs> like the, the mission was never over, especially like when Andrew dropped out, it was like, okay, this isn't give up time. This is overdrive mode time. Like this is when we need to go, and mainstream these ideas and and almost kind of detach them from Andrew in a way because they are bigger than him. They're more important than him. 
they preceded him and he was just the first guy to show up in the public sphere and say, Hey, maybe we should care about this and Uh we need to credit the fuck out of him for doing that. But at the same time, we need to recognize that these ideas are bigger than him. Uh It transcends everything, all political parties, all backgrounds, it and it, it digs at, at at something that's deeply deeply american when we talk about what freedom actually fucking is instead of what the dmv tells us on a bullshit form when they reject our shit and they're like oh meh, 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 blah, blah. we need to remember what freedom actually fucking is in this country we need to remember what and who America actually is. And we need people who are willing to be louder than the media narrative, than the psychotic bullshit that's being amplified for clicks, because that's what's happening. People are amplifying the worst, most noxious, cancerous bullshit because it gets clicked. That's what Uh they want. They want the clicks because the clicks give them ad dollars. You know, they don't care about, they don't care about the fucking people. They don't care if they know up from down. They just are like, we need to make money off of them. Just be fucking parasites. It's disgusting. It's, it it really fucking is. Um, I think, um, I think we have to recognize that we're not the, the um, repository of human rights like only Americans know what they are honestly I think we've lost our way you know we're not participating in a lot of the human rights things we we're we don't know what migrant rights are anymore you know we're calling that like instead of realizing that international resolutions through the United Nations were things that we had worked on creating like we we our leaders created the united nations and now we don't want to participate in them you know and we're saying that other countries are using it as just political you know like that's that's so messed up like if if 180 other countries all agree on some human rights and we're standing out away from them and saying it's no no that's not human rights who's got the moral authority <laughs> you know, the rest they of the do. world or just us, you know, the world has the moral authority. This is our fucking failure. This is our cross to bear. This is the thing that we have to get off of our fucking shoulders because this is lazy ass fucking people who are just in it for the money who don't care about what this country fucking stands for. They have been exploiting this shit for their own gain for decades. And we need to shut them the fuck up, A. We need to be louder than them. And we need to remind America of what the fuck it actually is. Because we are lost. We are lost to the sands of time on so much of this shit. And guys... It, if the coronavirus thing seems overwhelming, it is so on purpose. They want to overwhelm you with this bullshit so that you're not paying attention to the fucked up bills they're trying to shove through Congress during this crisis, which 
if you're not paying attention to what they're trying to do on top of this, to use this distraction to push through their fucking corrupt motives, you need to be paying attention to every single fucking, that's what you should be paying attention to. Okay. Yes. Wash your hands. Make sure you have enough fucking poo-poo paper to wipe your butthole. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, pay the fuck attention to what they are doing right now because they are making some power moves because they know you guys are too distracted. You they they don't care. So they're trying to push through all kinds of legislation that is fucking shit up. They always tag this into an omnibus bill or something that's just like, yes, we're going to give a bunch of funds to NASA. And everybody's like, cool, science. And then it's like, oh, yeah, also there's like this anti-abortion writer that means we're going to burn every Planned Parenthood to the ground. And it's like, well, uh, excuse me, bitch. Well, uh, the what the best one oh. I've seen so far is the basic one that just follows Scott Santon's proposal, which is to give one thousand dollars a month to all American citizens, and then five hundred dollars for um, yep. the parents to spend on children. And we've got um, that is coming from Ilhan Omar. Is that how you say her name? I believe so. Yeah, she's the one that's proposing the bill that just does that, does not have any weird, you know, doesn't have anything else added to it. Just let's just pass this one thing. And then if you want to pass other stuff, we'll do that separately. Right. Let's not all get them all confused. And then, you know, our the most important thing um, for all Americans get put aside. So, yeah, so it's, the, our the, job is to call our Congress people and say, hey, vote this, for this. This is what I want you to do. Uh, we have to instruct them because if, if you don't do that, if you don't do the calling, the lobbyists sure will. Somebody else is going to do it. So Right, exactly. And this goes back to the personal responsibility thing. It's like those guys, they fucking work for us. Okay, so if you're saying the system is fucked up, that's your fault for not participating in it. You can't just say the king is an evil asshole and we need to drag him to the guillotine if if you're not participating in the fucking process, you don't get to have a voice here. Okay, you can't just be like, oh, this is all meh, it's bullshit. No, because there is a personal responsibility here. And I, I am getting slightly heated, but this is for the listener, not for you, Faye. Well, oh, I understand. <laughs> a level I, I get heated of personal too. responsibility that you have fucking abandoned. And you expect, you expect that... <laughs> The king will come in and solve all your problems for you. Bitch, if you are waiting for the cavalry, it will never come. If you hear this message, you are the fucking cavalry. You are the thing that's going to save it. And if you don't realize that and you're just waiting for somebody else to swoop in and save the day like Superman, we're fucking doomed. We're going back to the cave, motherfuckers. We're going back to flinging poop and ju- and just grunts. That's how we're going to communicate <laughs> oh, no. in, in 50 years. Okay, well, back to the poop thing for just a minute, which is uh, you guys Please. don't need toilet paper, okay? I saw uh, somebody put on. <laughs> oh, somebody... for real? No. For real. No, you don't. 
because because honestly, you can just use that, you know, use that shower attachment <laughs> in your bath right there and do a little wash. Okay, if you run out, don't panic. You'll be all right. I, I that was my first thing is like <laughs> going into the grocery store and realizing that they had wall to wall like bottled water and non perishable foods, but for some reason they didn't have a single roll of toilet paper. I'm like, bitch. You have a shower, right? <laughs> Just please like, use your showers. <laughs> in in the zombie apocalypse situation, like your shower is like I don't understand like the the poo poo paper thing. I don't understand that because I am one of those people. I'm a utilitarian. If I'm in the bathroom and I'm taking a shit and I'm about to get in the shower, I'm like, well, why would I waste toilet paper on that? I'm just jumping in the shower. I'm just like. <laughs> And this is this, this strikes people as gross, but it is kind of illuminating that it's just like you don't even need fucking poo poo paper, people. Well, like, I I like think most uh, of the world doesn't use that; they just use water, and it's actually cleaner. I saw on Twitter someone who was posting. I think it was Juanito. He said something like, "Asian real Asian real Asians don't need toilet paper." <laughs> I was like, well, that's probably about right because, you know, like in Asia, we like to use those bidets, the bidet toilets, because we really believe that to be healthy, you need to wash. So washing is really important. Yeah, <laughs> Americans, you're fucking gross. You're fucking gross on this shit. And this is me saying it as a gay man who is like, my enti- <laughs> my entire sex life has been surrounded by oh, buttholes. Oh, no. So, no, I'm t- I'm telling you the European default of like <laughs> bidet, that is 100% the way that you need to go anyway. Like get your Disney princess baby butthole wipers with the uh, fucking uh, Snow White oh, on them or whatever. Get those. Get your shit cleaned up. But like also, it, especially if you're presenting that to somebody else, like gay guys totally understand that. If you're presenting your butthole to somebody else, like a bouquet of fucking flowers, you better make sure that shit is sparkling like a goddamn fucking, like a baptismal pool at the Vatican. That better be like the sparkliest, most beautiful pool that anybody wants to dump their baby into. You know what I mean? Like Jesus Christ. Well, it just would be nice. way went into after show territory. <laughs> Hold but, on. Oh my god, I love <laughs> this. Where? What? Which house is it? Brandon. Oh, don't go in the house right now, okay? Can you just stay over this way? All right. So, uh, um, Zephyr just ran feel- in. It's about it's about to rain on him. So, um, oh. I but, feel like Zephyr needs like an ha- a half an hour segment to himself where we just need to interview him. <laughs> he would probably love that attention. He loves being on screen when we're doing the YGRL sometimes. And he likes, um, he feels like I'm not paying attention to him when I'm on the phone or if I'm on the computer or the, you know, it's just, that's a lot of the day these days trying to do anything from home to help um, move the movement along it's a lot of being on phone calls and being on, um, you know, being on the text and trying to read the news and uh, keeping up with things. So um, I really appreciate Zephyr for being so patient. Right, Zephyr? Mm-hmm. Aw. <laughs> well, 
Well, let me say this because I have all kinds of crazy ideas that come to me from random places like the shower or waking up or just having an amazing conversation with a beautiful human being. Well, that's great. I want, I, <laughs> He's got a cough too. I've never uh, been so happy for something to move out of a cough like down in my lungs up into my nose. I was like, oh, good, rhinovirus. <laughs> oh, my God. But, but what I was getting at, because this is the first time that you've come on the show, but it is by no means the fucking last. I want, I want to make sure that you have a good microphone and good headphones to do this on a regular basis, especially if we're in quarantine mode. But... I had this idea for the ne- the next time that you come on the show, uh-huh. I actually want it to be a Zephyr episode where it's oh, like, okay, yeah, where where I flip the script entirely, where you take the host chair and I'm just here uh, as kind of like a token gay sidekick. And and uh, everybody it, needs one. What are you talking about? Oh, total, total. I like. I'm total. I'm fully happy to be that person. Oh but man! When I, when I bring you back on, I actually want you to host, and I want I want the main guest of the show to be Zephyr. I think that would be wow. an amazing thing. Like let's let's experiment with that. Like. Because so much of this, so much of this is not trusting kids with the thing that we know they have, which is an amazing, they have so much neuroplasticity, they have so much potential, and we, we shut it down. We tell them, we tell them, no, that's not how you do this. No, that's not how you do that. And this is why I resonate with you so much as like a homeschool mommy, where I'm like, Oh, absolutely. I would totally be a fucking homeschool mommy on this shit because the way that society talks about a lot of this shit, it's it's not real. It's not right. And we don't talk to kids like they're actual fucking people. I think the second you talk to a 10-year-old the same way you talk to a 30-year-old, <clears throat> something will transform inside of them to go like, whoa. This grown-up is talking to me like I'm a grown-up, and I have a voice, and we need to cherish those voices and fucking amplify them. So Now, Jenna, I have to agree with you on this, because if we do that, if we do a kid-centered episode, not only – there would just be so many benefits to it. Number one, Zephyr could explain to you as a six-year-old the benefits of the UBI and uh, Andrew Yang's uh, policies. Like we did a puppet show. Have you seen it? I oh my god, I have <laughs> not. But I'm already in love with it. Okay, so Zephyr has been with me on every single Yang journey. He has been right next to me. And so when we did a while back, um, we dressed up as uh, Yang bots. Okay, for Halloween, and we went out to our small towns and we walked around, and then we went to Dallas and we walked around before Shakespeare in the park. And we, we told people, you know, that we were game bots trying to spread the word that automation is coming for your jobs. It's not immigrants, people, you know. And Zephyr really gets that. And then we also went to um, 
and we did this puppet show, right, where Zephyr, uh, Zephyr acted as Andrew Yang, and he stopped two sock puppets. One was one was named left, and the other was named right. <laughs> you know, your left and right socks. They're having an argument, and so Zephyr decides to stop them from arguing, right? Because you need both to walk together. And so I feel like if you can explain, if even a six-year-old can explain things to you, come on. I mean, this is at the level which every American should be able to understand some, something so simple. <clears throat> uh, okay, okay, I... I... I can't cry anymore. But, <laughs> but is turn the is, faucets off. <laughs> uh, seriously, I I because uh, I get indulged into this. I do the thing that like most males when they 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 get addicted to something like porn or something stupid. This is the thing that I'm addicted to is just crying at the most beautiful things. Aww. Uh, <laughs> that's like the best addiction I ever heard of. <laughs> I know it is. It is. I call it crying porn, and it's just I'm addicted to. I I cry every day now, and it I feel better than I ever have in my entire life. <laughs> There's but a word did. that's one of my favorite words that describes that. It's called catharsis. Have you heard of this? Mm. Oh man. Like Mind Wave for me, this show is so fucking cathartic. It li- really <laughs> is just my audio diary. And I just share that with everybody because I'm like, I don't give a fuck if you read my diary because there's some really cool and really beautiful shit in there. And mm-hmm. there's some embarrassing <laughs> shit in there, of course. I-, I embarrass myself on the show all the time, especially as a heavy drinker. So um. is that for, is there some other things I want to say that this can go, not only it goes to the human rights issues for children, but also that, you know, I really loved uh, Andrew Yang saying we should lower the voting age to 16. Oh because, my God, totally. Yeah. Not only the things he talks about, but just the fact that we have a persistent narrative in our country that people can't be trusted. Right. People cannot be trusted. Parents can't be trusted. Children can't be trusted. Children can be trusted. Yes. Nobody can be trusted because if you're poor, you can't be trusted. If you're from another country and you don't speak English well enough, you can't be trusted. Nobody can be trusted to take care of themselves or to know what's right and wrong. And if you're not Christian, you can't be trusted because you're not going to know right from wrong. You know, right and wrong is is deeply within every single person. And it has to come from your experience. You know, what's right for you might not be right for someone else in their particular situation, even with something as simple as what should you eat? We talked about that sometimes with um, people who are diabetic and people who have had already had cancer, people who are older, younger, have food allergies. I mean, what you should eat is very specific. And the same thing with uh, a lot of morality. There's not there's not one way to be that's always correct. And children have their own way to be to be that is correct for them maybe not correct for adults. And um, I feel like since children never get a space to speak and never get a place to to represent themselves, we have this huge, um, it's not even generational divide now. It's like um, I'm kind of in this middle, uh, since I'm 45, I'm kind of middle-aged, but there's people 45 years older than me, all the way down to people 45 years younger than me. So I'm very center right now. And I see that when I go to my uh, local party, uh, the Democratic Party type of meetings, they're all older than me. 
I'm the youngest one in the room. And when I join the Discord servers out here with all the young people with the Yang Gang, I'm often the oldest or among the oldest in the group. Sometimes the older persons that I've that are there are people I brought in. So it's kind of like um, if we have that kind of divide in our political decision making, we're never going to get anywhere. You know, we have to bring in everyone, and that means the older people who are in charge right now have to invite in the younger people, and the younger people have to just keep showing up no matter what and saying we're here. You know, we're going to volunteer and we're going to have our voices heard. We don't care. You know that. Uh, we're not going to be excluded, you know, and so it takes everybody making that effort to bridge the generations. And if we can start it younger, that means that our community is going to um, be training people up while we still have that, um, while we still have the school there, you know, as a, as a, our, our opportunity to start training people into getting involved, right? And I, I, my son, my oldest son, actually, many years ago when we were still together and I was, um, we were having, homeschooling was actually part of our um, family court, you know, process because we wanted to homeschool together and the father didn't want us to. So that became one of the issues in our family court. And my oldest son wrote all sorts of really cool essays. Uh, no, not my youngest, my oldest son. Um, Sage wrote a bunch of really cool essays, and I would love to share one where he, he says, um, where he talks about how young people need to have more of a voice in politics and decision making. So, um, yeah, if, there's if just so many have, places we if, could go with this. If, if you have it, please, please, because I, I am by no means on any type of schedule here like i reoriented my entire morning to like do this so a i wanted to, i wanted to like put out the official invite the official golden ticket to zephyr to come on and be a guest uh -huh. and we, we can <laughs> bed that, we can test bed that shit here in this episode where he can come on for 10 or 15 minutes and we'll just talk to him like a guest and interview him and talk and just treat him like a grown up and 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 get his thoughts but oh my god if you have that if you have sage's essay please fucking read that like yeah god, i would love to share that because i thought it was please, really good please if you have it oh my god that's gold let let us yes that's 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 the show now we're going to talk to Zephyr in a few. We're going to talk to Zephyr in a few because I feel like that also needs to happen in this episode. Oh, you mean at right now? For, okay. At, at least for like 15 minutes, but like read, read, read this thing. But like, I, I, my God, I, I, I mean, like he needs to be a part. <laughs> he needs to be a part yeah. of this conversation. He just spelled elementary for elementary school correctly. <laughs> so he's playing Mad Libs on the little phone next to me. I don't know if he's quite ready to do it right now. Um, he also has been a little sick. So maybe we should just go ahead and do that um, on a real episode for him sometime. That would be great. Yeah. It needs to, it needs to happen. I want to do a full episode, actually. Um, mm -hmm. I, I want to do a full a full like hour long type of thing where he's like the focus and yeah. we just talk to him and get him his voice 
So I only have, yeah, this is the other problem is if I put the headset on him, I would have to like kind of lean against him and share it with him because we only have one headset that's on this laptop. So it might be a little hard to do it right now without figuring out some of those logistics. I'll I'll get you a splitter and some, uh, an extra pair of headphones. We will make that happen. I think. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I think. No, no, no. Thank you so much. <laughs> because I think I think telling the kids stories is really fucking important here. And I've I've kind of been stumbling back into this Mr. Rogers magic where it's like, really, I like you just the way you are. Yeah. You know, right. We, we, we need to empower each other. And especially we need to empower the kids. He spelled PlayStation 2. <laughs> so he's learning a lot from his video games. I mean, I don't. Oh my God. People often See? ask me, how do your children know how to write, read or write? And I explain to them that they're very highly motivated when they have to do it for the video game. And so I have a list of really good video games that are perfect for their age. And they're like, um, my favorite one, I'm going to do a little plug right now, is called Scribble Knots. Have you heard of that one? No, the immediate place I went was like, I just got introduced to Minecraft as a 30 something year old. Oh, really? And I I am sure (laughs) I am 1000% sure that Zephyr could train me to be the like the Minecraft master of the fucking universe. Because like... (laughs) <laughs> that's the power that's the power that they have but it's well he likes no, minecraft no. and he and I, also I, did you know there's a minecraft <laughs> server for us yang gangsters i did not i well there I, is apparently oh, i i i need to get in there because <laughs> i only got this i only got this game because um and the, the, this is your your fellow yang gang so you'll know the Moving Forward podcast with Rio Veradineer and Corey Cottrell. Uh-huh. Corey Cottrell has a Minecraft server that he plays in called the Church of Reason, which ah. is really, which is really just about coming together under these common values and under just like. It's it's all about like he gets this is fucking great and I haven't been in there uh in a minute but every single morning that he watches the sunrise on the beach with his dogs because his wife has to get up has to get up super early for work so he gets up and he fil- he films a live stream of himself on the beach like filming the sun coming up with his doggies and it's goddamn beautiful, but he built this thing in, in Minecraft with other people, obviously, because that's how Minecraft works. You know, you need a lot of other people in the universe to help build shit. Mm. But yeah. it started it started as this kind of just like, hey, everybody uh here draw your line in the sand with bricks and whatever, and then at the end of it we'll go up to a mountaintop and look down on it and it realized it says fuck Trump or impeach the motherfucker or whatever. As uh-huh. I, I think it was impeach the motherfucker was the original like plan for this Minecraft build. But it became like this secular cathedral where people could come together and sh- just 
share their messages of gratitude. So like I I I literally bought the game with actual money from the show funds to go in just to experience this church thing that happens every morning as the sun rises in Minecraft. And it was one of the most beautiful fucking things I've ever been a part of because it's just like it that's the world man you get to walk around you get to see everything everybody built you get to see the messages of gratitude and you just you just get to be thankful for the shit that exists in the fucking universe right and we don't we don't have that culturally we don't have that we have thanksgiving which is largely bullshit But it's about that. It's just, (laughs) it's just about being thankful for what you have. And they do this every day as the sun raises. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's the most beautiful thing. And it's totally secular, totally outside the context of any organized religion. But I'm like, that's kind of what Mindwave is trying to do at the same time. You Uh know what I mean? We're trying to bring people into a common space that's not tied to any ideology or tied to anything else. We're just trying to build the beautiful cathedral for them to fucking come into and share their stories. And that's fucking everybody. It, 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 and, and, and I cannot believe that I did not even have the idea to make like a Zephyr focused episode because like I well, now like, you have <laughs> and now you have yeah, oh, that's totally. awesome totally. no 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 <laughs> like totally that was that was real time because your original message was very much it was heartbreaking for like for fucking real for not just for me for like millions of people that message was heartbreaking hearing you know about how you couldn't do the one thing that you wanted to do which is be with your fucking kids which is right. so fucking powerful well, that's and what I, I was going to say when you are translating my anger or whatever and, and um, being, you know, the person to speak, you know, for me in that sense and crying for me, you know, I feel like um, I want to be outside every day. Like instead of working on UBI, you know, what I should be doing is just running around, waving my arms in the air and screaming my head off, you know, that my children are missing. I can't see my children. I don't know why I can't be with my kids. Right. And. And then you wish that people would come jump in and help you. But when they find out that the government did it, they would say, oh, well, you're the crazy one. You know, you can't be running around doing that. But that's what a lot of parents in this country are really feeling when they've been told by family court that they can't see their kids, you know, or because they have to have a schedule and they have, you know, all of these things put on them. Um, and family court is has no like it has no standards Okay, there's no standard for what is evidence against you, right? What is, um, like, we imagine, we think of courts as being, like, mm, places that that uh, make decisions based on facts. Well, the judge is actually the fact finder. That's what they call the judge. If the judge says this is um, what's happening, um, they've decided that something is now the new fact. That was their job. And so if you let something slide in family court and the the judge puts something down in black and white in a decision about you, that becomes a new fact about you, whether or not it is. 
<laughs> they could be listening to your neighbor. They could be listening to, you know, anybody. And it gets written down, becomes a new fact for your appeal or for any other、uh, court cases going forward. These are things that people don't understand about family courts.、Um, and so, like, people who are getting divorces, they start, you know, they go down. Like you said, this is a huge rabbit hole that, of all kinds of stuff you never knew about our court system. And it's very、like、sad, but so many people I know have gone through it now. Even parents that like, never knew that they would be. I, I had friends who were just friends, and then their husbands called the、uh, international, you know, they called police to say,、um, stop this woman from leaving the country because if she leaves the country with the kids, they'll never come back. That's the, that's the thing that's kind of happening. It's like people are calling Wolf to create problems. You know? um, so there's a lot of, there's just so many people going through it, and、um, the, they can't talk about it because they're in court. If, you know, if, if Donald Trump says he can't give us his、uh, you know, financials because he's in court over something, because he's being audited by the IRS, it, it, it further applies to so many more Americans who are now in family court because of divorces, because of. Cases that involve their children. So,、yeah. I mean, it, I can't imagine, like, you know, what could be more dangerous than maybe not be, losing your rights to your children. So. All right. Well, I, Zephyr is busy now talking a lot about his game. Oh, he's reading his、uh, Mad Lib to you. <laughs> I'm going to get closer to him. But then somebody told me they never grow out of it. <laughs> how to play PlayStation 2. He is、um, fearless and yep, foo foo you to be out of kids. Oh, you know what he discovered、Your、is on the phone,、school. if you start typing something in, it'll auto complete sometimes, right? Or suggest words、right. to you,、I、and you can make sentences out of that. During school vacations, he used to work delivering for high hour neighborhood. I could, I could, I do store. He is a loyal and yellow person and will make a very ready counselor because he will, will work like a and snake and he is. As smart as an,、uh, an eyeball. He thinks it's hilarious. Oh my god. I, I already know this episode is going to be so good. When we get, when he's the guest, like when, when you're hosting as the mommy and I'm the co host and he's the guest, I, this is going to be magic. Okay.、Uh, I believe in your vision. <laughs> Go for it. Oh my God.、Um, something I, 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 I feel, I feel bad stepping, stepping on him because <laughs> he's still talking. I think、But、this like, one. <laughs>、mm-hmm. 
the Thanks, um, in, thank you zephyr that was yeah. amazing buddy thank you for sharing your story on the show oh god i can't i can't wait to like make a whole thing just about him so yeah, that, that's gonna like, be fun when he goes into it he's like no this is all about me mm-hmm. and like i just i cannot wait to bust into that but you brought up the court system which is like super de duper de fucked up and it's fucked up to a level that people don't understand because they don't see it. They're not in it. And um, also, the worst thing is that women aren't allowed to be freedom fighters. I say I, I consider myself a freedom fighter, um, you know, but we aren't allowed to be. So the civil civil rights people, such as um, ACLU, that have been doing a lot of right. great work, they can't really stand up for you in a family court. They just leave that alone. Because in that in that situation, they consider it a man against a woman. The end. Just a man and a woman. But actually, that's where most of women's rights are fought. Women and children's rights are fought in family court against just one man at a time. Or, you know, one partner at a time in, in, in other cases. So it's like um, these domestic problems are women's issues. These are the most important issues. And if we can't band together and realize that, you know, separating women from their children is a, is a terrible thing and that we need to be protected as a unit. It's like, um, I don't know how else we could, like every other type of human right has to be supported by that. (laughs) I love it. This is beautiful. Um, the the thing that I was going to tie that back into is that the judges, the judges that generally see oversee cases like that, they are not criminal court judges. They are justices of the peace. No, um, I that don't think that's true. Just uh, as far as where 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 I am at. If they if if anybody is putting that through a criminal court, that feels like a travesty to me. It's the same thing like if you put an immigration case through the criminal court, it's like that's not the right that that is absolutely like you should be able to call mistrial and say this is fucking bullshit because this isn't a criminal case. But the decisions but, that they make in family court, first of all, I don't think that there's a separation between those judges. Same judges can listen to different types of cases, I think. But these family court ca- judges, when they make a decision and you don't follow that decision, it becomes a criminal matter. Just like when they say, well, you're not criminalized for not being able to pay bills, but you can be criminalized for not paying, uh, for not showing up to court, right? So, so... So if you don't pay your um, if you don't pay your traffic ticket, right, um, you're you're a criminal because you didn't you you violated the law, but you're not a criminal because you can't pay, right? But then if you don't go to the court for hearing, all of a sudden now again you're in a criminal situation. So it's the same thing with family courts: is it criminalizes people who are poor because they don't have the money no. to respond to all the legal issues that they have to. And I have spent a lot of money on um, legal issues and I knew that would happen. So I, I, I had to explain to my parents immediately that after the divorce, the settlement that I had, all of that money was gonna end up going to lawyers 
And I told them that straight out, you know, I was like, I can't really spend money on anything. I have to act like a poor person right now, even though I have money in the bank, because I know that's going to be for legal issues that are going to happen. The minute one of you runs out of money, that's when it all ends. That's when finally the legal issues end. And so I, I'm definitely in favor of just pulling family court completely out of a ver like man versus woman situation. It's automatically adversarial if you put it into court. That's what they call it. This person versus that person. But you're talking about a family, people who like purportedly love each other. Even if you're going to get divorced, I mean, doesn't mean you have to hate each other. You know, you love your children together. Right. So there should be a different way of dealing with families that are in distress. <laughs> Thanks, Zephyr. I, I, he, he will never grow out of poops and farts. I, I guarantee you. Yeah. Poops and farts is like for the rest of for the rest of time. Poops and farts. Here we are on my I third kid, you. and I'm still like, wow. <laughs> but, but the thing that I wanted to get at is that the law is actually on your side. The law is actually on your side because that's not a fucking criminal case. It's a civil case, and you should know what your rights are within those fucking uh, bounds because you are absolutely within your right because it's not a criminal case. It's a civil case, and these are supposed to be handled by justices of the peace, which are they are the kinds of judges who deal with running stop signs. And, you know, like my neighbor put their garbage on my lawn, that kind of level of quote unquote infraction, that is the level of, of intervention that the legal system is supposed to be able to have on your life as an individual is just that as far as all of your legal struggles go. Um, from where I'm sitting anyway, which I'm not a legal scholar. I'm not, you know, like credentialed by any means. I don't, I haven't taken the bar, but I understand how the fucking law works and that shit. You shouldn't even need a lawyer. You shouldn't even need a public defender at fucking all because fundamentally this is not a criminal situation. This is a civil case and it needs to be treated as a civil case. And if you find yourself before a single fucking judge who is trying to tell you it's a criminal case, you should tell them that they are legally obliged to recuse themselves from that case. Like this is not a, this is not a criminal case. If you cannot see that you need to recuse yourself as the law fucking dictates, because this is a civil matter this is between me and my goddamn kids. And if you can't fucking see that, get the fuck out. Like, I, I am going to be your anger translator and I'm going to be your law translator for a minute. And I, I realize that you cut out and I can't. I, I, I see little bits on the waveform. I don't know if you turned down your thingy. But that's what this fucking is. And you know what? Those judges, the justices of the peace, we elect those people we choose those people in our society 
we elect those guys to make decisions for us on matters like this. They are elected officials. They can be removed just as easily as they were put in place, but nobody pays fucking attention to who is going to be the justice of the peace. And you know what it takes to become a justice of the peace? Because I found this out uh, when I had flirted with the idea of applying for the job. Do you know, listener, do you know what it takes to be a judge in this country? All it takes, you have to have a driver's license and be registered to vote. That's it. That's it. You don't have to go and pass the bar. You don't have to become a lawyer and know the law. All you have to do to enforce the fucking law in this country as a justice of the peace, and this is something I know having been in the system, all you need is a goddamn photo ID that says you can drive a car and vote. That's it. These motherfuckers who are sitting up there in their little podiums with their nice little dresses, their little blousy blouses with their like, oh, all fancy, oh, I'm so special. No, you have just as much power as that mother. That motherfucker right there. Don't ever feel, if you go into our legal system, don't ever feel that that motherfucker has more power than you because he doesn't. And I'm using the word he because I'm being, I'm conforming to gender stereotypes and I'm assuming the judge is going to be a man. If you go into the court, that man has exactly as much power as you do. And that's what you need to realize when you walk into that situation. These people, we, they work for us. We hired them. You know what I mean? And we cannot allow shit like this. So when we see all the the problems in immigration courts and all of these, you know, like treating family matters like criminal cases, that's the fucking problem that we need to get down to motherfuckers right there. It's with the judges because they're not like credentialed placed there by like, oh, yes, no, they are. It is literally I could go tomorrow and run for justice of the peace in my fucking county and be the judge who decides whose kids get taken away. And that is fucked up. That is so disgusting. That is Goddamn, like, holy fuck. If I can do it as a high school dropout who spent most of my professional career cleaning toilets, that is fucked up that I have that amount of power, that I can go in and take away people's goddamn kids. You know what I mean? But those are the people who are doing it. it you can't sit there and point the finger at the king and say, oh, no, ice is so bad. Ice is rounding up all the people Oh, you know, like our bitch, the sheriff in your county and the judge in your county, those are elected officials. They represent you. So if they don't represent your fucking values, that is your call to stand the fuck up and tell them what's what. Absolutely. 
because know your rights, don't depend on the system because the system as it is, does not care about you. It does not care about you at all. Trump is coming in with this swooping, I'm going to save the day with $1,000 a month. And so many of the Yang gang are like, oh, yay, it's UBI. No, it's not fucking UBI. This is a temporary one-time stimulus fucking package that they're doing for the economy. They're not doing it for you. They're doing it to save fucking Wall Street. You know what I mean? Like, you need to realize the level of power that you have as a listener. I'm going to get Faye back on because she dropped out and is messaging me on Facebook like, ah, what happened? But this is so fucking important, you guys. This is your job. You are the fucking cavalry. If your judge in your county is ripping kids away from their parents at the border, that is your fault. It is not Trump's fault. It is your fucking fault. You elected that motherfucker. And if you think you can do a better job, this is your call to action to stand the fuck up and do it. For real. For real. Because like I said, all it takes to be an immigration judge in this country is a fucking driver's license. That's all you need. You don't need to go to law school. Okay, and I'm I'm getting so heated on this shit right now because it's so fucking real. Holy shit, I need to pee again, and we're going to bring back Faye for our outro. But, oh, my God, guys, like, for real, realize, realize where we're actually at here. Because you, the listener, you have way, way, way more power than you think you do. You have just as much power as a fucking judge and you need to use it because that's a society that we live in, motherfuckers. And it it takes balls. It takes people like us to fucking stand up and say, no, you know, I'm not going to play your game. I know what the fucking law is. I'm just as qualified to be here as you are, motherfucker. So uh, aside from my... um. <laughs> impromptu pro bono legal fund <laughs> for defending Faye in court and getting her goddamn kids back because these people are fucking morons. Uh, it, that is a level of personal responsibility that you should have. You Know your laws. Know your rights. Know your judges. Know your sheriffs. If they're good people, great. We have a great sheriff here in my county. We have a great justice of the peace. But if we didn't, you better believe my ass would be on the line ready to fucking replace them with somebody better. And that is exactly where you should be. Holy fuck, this is an awesome episode of Mind Wave. I love it. Ooh, we'll be right back. If you don't like to eat this, go upstairs until we're done recording then. He doesn't like his sandwich because he doesn't like eggs. Oh. I made an egg sandwich and he doesn't want it. I don't like the egg when it has Zephyr, if you don't want to eat it, go upstairs. Okay? And go do something else for a bit. Uh, hashtag mommy problems. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm simultaneously super glad that I don't have to deal with them and heartbroken that I 
don't have to deal with them right? at the same time okay. because I'm like, oh my God, I would just love to have that be the biggest problem of my day Aww. as to whether or not my little kitty wanted to like eat <laughs> egg sandwich. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the shit I have to care about is, so, oh my God. Uh, I don't know how much you overheard. Um, uh, in the in the interim, because we had to take a quick break, uh -huh. um, and I went off and did my own thing, and then you went off and did your own thing, and then we came back for right. a hot minute because we are going to close it out in an official, real way. That's like, holy shit! Wow, this was productive. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you like. You oh got my what God. you needed. Oh, said uh, amazing. Amazing. I'm I'm gonna go off and do my own thing and and and, and probably eat and shower and all that. But mm -hmm. uh, we we've gone. Oh man, all morning, all morning. This was a beautiful morning, and I'm I'm so thankful to you for sharing it with me and sharing it with the audience and sharing your story because like a three minute voicemail was not enough. It was not enough. <laughs> to get at the thing that we got at here. And I'm so fucking, uh, just et eternal gratitude to you for coming on and actually doing this with me, which is partially my fault because I've been up in the air and I, my schedule has been fucking hectic and crazy. And initially we were going to get Josh in on this and have him co-host, but it was just like, that didn't work out. So it was just like, this it needs to happen it needs to happen now and well, i've been so enjoying long. uh listening to your podcast on uh because i'm learning so much about other people who are yin gang and um it's it's really fun to have a format where people get to talk about um who they really are and they're more than just oh here's you know this is what they put on twitter so that's cool that's what this whole enterprise was always about it was always about you know, that's what the, why I took voicemails. It was, like, never about... And this is the thing that a lot of people still don't get. It was never about Andrew Yang. It was about you guys. You know what I mean? It was, like, your stories. That that was the thing that I was, like, doing. Uh, and most of the people who participated didn't realize it. Most of the people who didn't, re who didn't listen to it didn't realize it because they just thought I was making some weird Andrew Yang shit. But, like, no, the thing that I'm getting at is actually it precedes all of it. It's, like, it is entirely about you guys and telling your stories and getting people to realize what this movement actually means, what it actually is, and how it would actually fucking transform people's lives for the better in a way that we should all rally around and fight for, like we're trying to save the earth because that's what we're doing. We are trying to save the future of civilization here. <laughs> and we have a bunch of lazy idiots. Well, yeah, we're talking about, even be bothered, you know, like, I think we're talking about a movement, which is what much more than the one leader. I mean, when the leader is not leading anymore, the movement can continue on. You know, we don't always have to have the specific leader ahead of us. And I think one of uh, there's a whole bunch of things that you just tied into for me. Um, one is that um, uh, Dr. Quintus Jett of Abundance for America often uh, he said to me once that you know 
the the speed at which we can um, I think I'm misquoting him, but he's saying that uh, the speed of how we get things done, right, is basically the speed at which we can build trust. So if we can build trust among each other, then we can start getting things done. If we if we want to get things done, we have to trust in each other. And that's part of the thing of, you know, let's talk about trusting children. Like, you know, people are always talking about if you give the kids money, all they're going to do is buy candy. So if you give, you know, low-income adults money, all they're going to do is buy drugs. No, they're not. You know, no, that is not what kids do. And that's not what adults do, you know. And there's also a lot of, um, uh, when you talk about uh, going forward as a movement, <laughs> getting to know each other is um, essential to elevating voices, like you said, um, that aren't um, that aren't first justified by, you know, some sort of credential. So Ariel of... Um, Ariel, of his, uh, who has his own, you know, thing on YouTube, revolutionary thinking. I think. I think. I hope I'm getting I it right. Love him. Yeah. So he love he often talks about pieces. Yeah, credentialism is a big fire. problem. Mm -hmm. You you've heard me be the anger translator. Like right, right. Ariel is Ariel is my anger translator. He goes <laughs> even further than I do. So I I fucking love that. But you you just said something that alluded to this idea that you're getting at something actually really deep and really human. I'm going to take it way, 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 way deeper than any of this shit. But it's something we all feel. We all are looking around for a leader. And Faye, you need to understand you are a leader. You are the leader on this fucking shit. You need to understand the power of your own voice because you, you are just as powerful as Andrew Yang. The only difference is that he's been given more airtime. Do you know what well, I mean? Well, that's true. And I say that to everybody too. It's the same thing as Jenner. You're a great leader. So the fact that you're, Helping so many people get their voices out—it's—it's it's wonderful. Yeah, it's—it's it's not even my choice. I honestly feel like I was drawn by the cosmos, like the thing that people call God, brought me to this work because it is so goddamn beautiful and so fucking important, and it needs to get out there. I don't think of—I don't think of myself as a leader. So I—I I guess if I'm—I'm I'm giving that pitch to other people, like, no, you are the torchbearer. Right, I you have to take that same advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really do. This is, a, this is a mirror thing. It totally is. But see, we're um, all leading by servant. By ser we're trying to lead by servant leadership, in which case, which is like, you know, we're trying to be the change, right? So to be the change, you have to accept that you are always a leader. Everything you do, somebody else is going to model you. And, um, and if what you do is serving others, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I want to say that here's uh, it, this leads me to maybe this might be my final closing thought is that if we want to really talk about humanity first, okay, humanity forward, making humans important again, then that's talking about making our emotions important, talking about those, which is what you do on this program, Jenner. And it's also talking about, um, you know, make, downplaying bureaucracies and institutions, not letting the institution say, hey, there's 
we don't need to hear from you. You know, we'll just have a representative talk for you. And we know everything that you need. No, they don't, right? So we have to be like, like individual cells in a body, right? We're important too, even though the body and the brain wants to think that make themselves more important than us. So, um, like when the when the brain says, "Hey, let's go on a diet for every you know, so that we can get healthier," well, the fight the cells are going to fight back if you don't respect them. You don't respect what they need, right? And that's what's happening a lot, I think, in our in our nation is that there's a top-down emphasis of, you know, if you elect me the politician, right, I will represent everything you need to need to be represented. But in fact, those politicians don't really understand who we are because they can't live our life. So each person who has a unique life perspective has to come out, has to be the leader for the other cells around them, be the pacemaker if you're in the heart, you know, or be somebody who can um, who can somehow relay that message to the nervous system and take it up to your brain and say, hey, we're in pain. You know, you need to pay attention to us. What's happening? Um, this is what we really need. Uh, if only we could just ask ourselves, you know, <laughs> if my brain could actually just go into my cells and say, hey, um, what do you need? Do you need more vitamin C today? <laughs> or do you need more, you know, vitamin D? Do I need to go exercise? Wouldn't that be great? Um, and so we can... We can do that if we are, um, if we trust ourselves enough to be important enough to be heard, right? We have to do that. So deep. So, like, this is why I love the series so much. Uh, of all of the projects that I've started on this show, this this one is super fucking special because it's it's giving people the space to hear their own voice to realize the power that they fucking have inside of them and that for me is it's awe-inspiring it's jaw-dropping you know this the stories that i i've heard so far on this show have been have literally moved me to be in a just tiny little ball crying for days on end because that's how real this shit is, you know, for me. When I when I hear your story, when I hear your voice, it it brings me to fucking tears because this is so goddamn important and almost nobody is fucking talking about it. The only thing people seem to want to amplify is the bullshit, the toxic stuff, the stuff that makes us be afraid and 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 feel afraid for our, our families. And, and, and it, you know, it's just like everything, everything is trying to fucking rip us apart. And it takes, it takes superheroes like you fucking super mommies with the superpower of being the fucking awesomest mommy it really takes you <laughs> specifically <laughs> you're gonna make me get a giggle again <laughs> i mean i mean for real for real though like th so, th this is it's so I think important we should, and i just if we're god it's gold I'm sorry to talk over you. I do that a lot. But um, I, I feel a sense of urgency sometimes. You know, I get a thought in my head and I'm afraid I'm going to lose it. <laughs> 
but I'm thinking to myself, um, if we can um, maybe get, um, if we want everybody to speak up, right? Maybe if we can give ourselves a safe place to do that in in the Yang Yang, you know. Hopefully, I'm trying to work out a place where, if it's on Discord, if it's wherever, but not like uh, some place where it's safe to just talk about talk to other people about things that are going on. Um, that where if we can just express our own dissatisfaction, right, with our own group within our own group, maybe we can. Uh, make a model that would work for the rest of the country. You know, because now it seems like people are really enjoying Twitter and social media because they can put people on blast, right? If they're dissatisfied with something that's going on, they just go public with it, you know, make a thing, and then you don't even need, and maybe it'll even get picked up by the news later. But the point is, like, it's kind of very public, right? And then people get very upset because now you've now you've called them out, you know, They've been blamed and shamed, and um, and they don't maybe want to really engage with you anymore, so they just shut down that that aspect, right? Because it's public, it's shameful, it's it's anger, it's a lot of really negative feelings. But what we really need to do is be like Andrew, find a way <clears throat> to let people know what the solutions are. It's be the deep thinker thinking first about how can we fix this, right? If we know how to fix it. Then we go and propose the solution. And instead of just, you know, concentrating on everything that's bad, yes, it's bad. So how do we fix it? Let's go straight to the solution and talk about the solution yeah. first. The solution so, is is the fucking solution. I mean, anytime Andrew opened his mouth, he was talking about solving the problems that got Donald Trump elected in the fucking first place. Yes. He wasn't he wasn't focused on the surface level. Shit! Sorry, I'm burpees again because I've been. Yeah, because it's really easy to go around saying, "Hey, um, a- there's something wrong with this. There's <sighs> something wrong with that. Everything's wrong. Of course, everything's wrong. Everybody's wrong." Okay, it's real easy to do that, but we need a place where we can say, "Hey, there was a thing that I feel bad about, and then now, how do we go fix it?" And then we talk about that, right? And then once we have the solution, that's when we hit Twitter. That's when we go and hit the public space and go crazy with it. Here's the solution. Let's go. Let's get that done. So I'm hoping we can, um, you know, develop some kind of model that would be like the new netiquette, you know, so people would be like, wait a minute, that's not what you should have done first. What you should have done first was think about how can we fix it. Or supposing a a public figure makes a mistake, like like, let's just say T is making mistakes left and right every day. When he makes a mistake... Instead of going on there and just shaming him, and then he says, yeah, I'm just not going to listen to them because they're idiots, you know, and then just kind of more and more divided you become. How about we say, okay, he made the mistake. How can T fix it? And then we go out and we say, hey, T, you've got to fix it by doing this because something happened that made us feel bad. If we could focus on how we felt bad, how we're crying, and then we say, this is the solution, then we have a chance of them turning around saying, oh, yeah, I see what you mean okay, you know, so, like, we need to focus less on the the public shaming and anger and kind of focus in on how can we now make this right, and then that way we can move forward. I I am seriously considering Mm -hmm. right now 
I am seriously considering abandoning the Humanity First throne on Mindwave and just giving it to you and saying, no, oh, are you, you are the me? right messenger. <laughs> you need to be the host, the host of this series on this show because you get it. You absolutely fucking 100% get it. And I'm going to need you on the team at some capacity. Um, to to help me on this project because you absolutely fucking get it and so many people don't and it's it's like the storytelling thing it's like putting it into color for some people it's holding up the mirror and and getting them to see how life actually is for other people because they don't really get it they don't understand that especially people in the higher tax brackets they're like oh no a thousand dollars is nothing I'm like, yeah, it's a thousand dollars is nothing to you, motherfucker. Do you have any idea how radically transformative that would be for most of humanity? And yeah, it takes I, us I don't being know. Louder than those fucking assholes. I often get, uh, yeah, I often get pushed back by people who say that's not enough to pay the bills, and I have to, I have, to, I look at them thinking, well, they're enough to pay my bills. You know, and I have a child, so it's not even just one individual. So I think we could, um, it's because I'm getting other subsidies. I understand that. And so some people don't have them. But, um, you know, I, I don't think people are sufficiently aware of others. They kind of, everybody is to, everybody's going to look at problems from their own point of view. And the what we need to do is stitch together the point of view of um, different groups, diverse groups. So we, we're talking about younger and older. Um, let's talk about city, the big city, and the rural communities. That's a very, very deep divide. I think it may be even deeper than, you know, li Huge. whatever, liberal, progressive, or whatever, versus regressive or traditional, or I don't know, what, what do people call each other? But I don't think these labels are actually useful. Mm. Let's work on, let's focus on labels that are just factual. Like, I live in a rural area. Boom. That's a factual, you know. I don't know what progressive means because everybody wants to say it's something else. Um, but I do know what it means to live in a rural area. <clears throat> Let's focus on age. That's just factual. I'm this age. You know, those are labels that can mean something. Um, so if we can stitch together these different groups and start talking between them and developing empathy... Um, that's that's what we should be doing. We should have a class in all schools, like every level. Every year you should have a, you know, 30-minute class like PE. Instead of just PE, you should have a 30-minute class on empathy, right? So you can understand your teachers and you can understand your parents and you can understand, you know, the younger students, the older students, all of that, you know, people of different backgrounds in your school. Oh, man. Oh, man. There are so many things. There are so many failures here on this specific thing. You know, when in, in our failure to teach people how to learn instead of how to memorize. And in our, in our failure to teach people how to empathize as opposed to just tolerate other views.
because that's what we do. We we teach we teach ourselves and each other to tolerate different viewpoints. We don't. There's no cultural enforcement of like, no. Actually, try to fucking understand. You know, there there there's really none of that. And this has been my entire problem with education as a whole, because it it forces kids, especially you know the ones who learn differently, it forces them into boxes and those boxes don't work. They just don't. They're outdated. They're backwards. We're, we're, we're talking past each other. We're, we're caught up in all of the shallow bullshit and we're not even talking about the actual problems, which is why, again, why I started this whole fucking thing. You know, it's just like this is the thing that needs to happen. It's well, I totally appreciate you, Jenner. <laughs> I totally appreciate you too. Oh my god, I'm so I'm so sorry it took so long to get you like actually in on this because uh, as as I'm telling you now, like you're gonna help me run it. Like you're gonna be in the captain's chair for this series because oh, okay. you absolutely get what this is and a lot of people a lot of people kind of don't um they still think it's a weird Andrew Yang circle jerk or they still think it's a weird political movement no the thing that we're getting at here is so much deeper it's so much more personal it's so much more fucking human and it's so important and almost nobody's talking about it you know, almost nobody is talking about the value of what it actually is for a mom to be able to stay home with her kids. You know what I mean? When you're um, when you're in Yang Gang, yeah, if you're in Yang Gang, then you uh, kind of believe that a lot of people are talking about things because you're kind of you know seeking out the same information over and over. But um, we're such a small percentage of our population still. We really need to grow this. And so there's, a, I think Humanity Forward has a, um, I think their idea is they can grow at least tenfold, right, in the next few years. And that's going to be a goal, to just grow our movement. Yeah. But how do we grow? We can't grow by just continuing to do the same things. We've got to grow by going out there and reaching out to people who are not on podcasts and who are not on the Internet. So there's like... Um, um, it's not to to say that what you're doing is not important. You know, I think the podcasts need to continue, but we have to reach out to them and teach them how to come and listen. You know, so the people who don't know how to use technology, and we need to um, yeah. like do stuff that's you know that that's really outreach. And to do that, you have to develop these empathy muscles. Why aren't they engaged in what we're doing? They don't know yet. We have to. We have to show them. We have to show them. We have to hold up the mirror, you know, because that's that's really all it is. It's something that's already there. It's not some weird thing that we discovered deep underground. That's like, oh my god, we found this pretty rock. It's really like we're talking about something that's already there, that's been there the whole time that people just aren't seeing. Because they're caught up in so much other bullshit. Jenner, if, did you know that we have an epidemic? If, if, 
Did, did you know that we have an epidemic of loneliness and lack of intimacy in our country? I fully, I, I absolutely am on board with that. People shut themselves off. They shut themselves down. Um, we're told, you know, as we're growing up, you know, don't talk about religion and politics because that's always a fight. You know, just don't right. talk to people about your convictions. Don't talk to your, don't talk to other people about what you really believe because you're just going to get in a fight and it's not going to be worth it. And the answer to that is, excuse me, shut the fuck up. That's exactly what we need to do. We need, we need to connect. We need to connect. We are the weirdest species of monkey that has ever existed on this planet. <laughs> And I the think one Douglas thing Adams that we said that. All have in common <laughs> is that we need to fucking connect. Who? Oh, Douglas Adams. I think in the Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, did you hear Douglas oh, Adams oh, in the yeah. Hitchhiker's oh, Guide? Yeah. I think oh, totally. let off with that. <laughs> so my thing is, um, if we are oh, looking man, to. <laughs> If we're looking to stitch together people from different groups, and uh, then I have, I'm doing something, for example, in my community. I went to volunteer for the um, senior center. And at the senior center, I volunteered to teach two classes. One of them was cell phone technology, cell phone use. So we have a cell phone clinic now. And I have a chance to meet older people and help them learn how to use their phone. It might be something as simple as picking up their voicemail. So there are people who've had phones, who've had cell phones for 20 years. And in 20 years, they never picked up their, their voicemail. Can you imagine? This is the level at which we need to really start thinking deeper about how, why we ha are in the situation we are today, where people can't understand each other. You know, if you look at your life, how how are you supposed to relate to someone who doesn't know how to pick up their voicemail if you're here able to do podcasts? So I think the intimacy issue yeah. brings this in is that there are a lot of people who are very lonely in our society, and the society wants to blame technology. They say, oh, everybody's just staring at their phones now, but they don't realize that when we stare at our phones, we're being hyper-social in a sense. It's almost too much. Yeah. We're being pinged constantly by people. Some people are strangers, but some people are real friends. And they're online and they're talking to us all day long at, at all hours of the day, sometimes at night, middle of the night, they're up, they're thinking about something. Um, and so there's this uh, disconnect with um, how to use technology and how to improve your social welfare, you know, using this technology because they're not realizing that, you know, that's why people are on it is because they are social. And so we have, um, I think that uh, there's this lack of understanding between different groups. We have to remedy that. And if we can address the the intimacy issue right now, during coronavirus, everybody's going to have to use social media. <laughs> You're going to have to at least use the phone and maybe pick up your voicemail. So um, uh, I think this is a good time to let people know that, um, hey, the internet, the podcasts, and stuff like that are not necessarily divisive, right? These are things, these are tools that you can use to develop empathy with each other, and we should use them. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is it. That is it, because you, you talked about, 
you know, the sense of urgency here, because it is extremely urgent that we address this. Um, and, and it's, it's worth pointing out that almost nobody is actually talking about the actual problems. It's all just kind of superficial bullshit. Uh huh. So getting down to the core, getting down to the roots of what is actually going on here is absolutely my mission. Amplifying those voices is absolutely my mission. I am just full of burps because I've been drinking all morning. It's fine. It's fine. But, oh, my God. So, you're officially on the Humanity First team for Mindwave. All right. Thank you. You, No, thank you, because it's your light and your spirit that's going to help guide this mission into the future, into what it is going to be, which is it's it's something that's always been bigger than all of us. Um, but it's 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 something that through these tools that we've these that we've acquired through Yang's campaign and through uh, this specific thing of like coronavirus. Everybody's freaking out. Everybody's self-segregating back into little, you know, pots where they're like, they actually have time to listen to a two-hour podcast, which most people don't. Um, still, I mean, most people still don't have the time or the bandwidth in the day to even expose themselves to these ideas and part of the challenge is kind of candy crunching it candy crunching this this thing that we're getting at into something bite-sized to give somebody a taste of the thing that we're getting at and then they get to discover the whole series which is like finding a new netflix series it's like you get to binge that shit there's like (laughs) 30 hours of it or something um (laughs) Yeah, I think but, I but, highly recommend binging <laughs> Jenner's oh program. God. It's it's been the biggest joy of my life and I cannot stress that enough because when I talk about joy, I talk about like core spiritual existential joy. It's like what it means to be human, that level of joy, not just like Yay, I got a thing. No, like like literally like the thing that's like this is what it means to be alive. That level of joy is what I get out of doing this work and I'm so fuck I'm internally grateful to every single last one of you who has participated in this with me. But Faye, you need to understand specifically you Specifically you, you need to understand how important your specific voice is in this project because it's been fucking illuminating and and transformative and and just shaking people out of their bubbles, which is really our mission here. We're trying to shake people out of the bubbles that they live in where they don't even, they wouldn't even think that 
you know, a person like you or me could even exist because they never even bothered to see what else is out there. They're just closed down, just locked down. They're in quarantine, self-quarantine, you know, uh, of ideas. Oh, that's, that's true. Yeah. It's like so, they're locking themselves down on ideas and self-quarantine ideas. But it's like, holy fuck, isn't that the solution? Isn't that the way out? Is that like we stop doing that? You know what I mean? We share ideas. I, I, I've invoked this before. We have idea sex. If that's not too much of a crazy <laughs> metaphor to invoke, it's like, hey, no, I, I have my yeah. I, my ideas. You have your ideas. Let's like get together and fuck. You know right. what I mean? Like right. in an intellectual way that's not that's detached from the biology. It really is idea sex. And we need to have so fucking much more of it. Because well, that's all true. of our problems are just uh, are just a result of not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I feel like um, I'm really best with people one on one, like how we're talking right now or in small groups, because I feel like I um, I have realized over the years that I am able to inhabit this space of sort of being um, non judgmental of people and kind of uh, taking in, you know, what's unique about them when I'm with them, um, which is hard to do. Like the more people you have in front of you, the harder it is to construct that model of who that person is. Um, but if you're with one other person and you can hear them deeply, right, you can hear where they're hurting and things like that, that's really where you can um, start thinking clearly about what, what types of things would be persuasive to them. What types of things do they really uh, respond to, you know? And I think these small groups don't seem, sometimes you feel like, oh, I don't have much of a platform. I'm talking to just one friend or two friends at a time. But honestly, that's how ideas are truly passed, you know? When you know your friends and you know your family, that's when the ideas are more likely to be transmitted, right? Um, so it's like uh, somebody was saying that, <laughs> that um, on Twitter they were saying, Apparently, UBI is just as uh, contagious as the coronavirus. <laughs> but see how the contagion happens is person to person, one person to another person. You have to be in the same pl in the same place to give it to them. You can't give it to someone all the way in California if you're in Texas, you know. So, and that's how viral works, you know. So everybody, everybody talking to somebody one on one or even in a little small group setting. That's where all the real stuff is happening. So do that with your friends and your family, you know? Oh, man. Oh, man. That is, that is it. That's, you just nailed it so fucking hard. <laughs> it's like that really is it, it in, in the largest cosmic nutshell that I can imagine. Like, Faye just painted it beautifully into this it's just gorgeous little tidbit which i'm probably gonna end up having to turn into a commercial or something because ah. it's too perfect but that that is it that is 1000 percent it that's why we're here that's why we're doing this work it's not just because we're like oh hey cool there's an asian guy who wants to give me money this is why we're here okay yeah if you and could like see a way to end poverty this year 
and you didn't jump on that and be working on it, um, how would you explain that to your kids later, you know, or yeah. to yourself? Like, I knew how to do it, and I didn't do it. It's a personal responsibility thing, man. It's we all have to reclaim, in some sense, we have to reclaim our own personal responsibility for how we navigate the political waters of the 21st century because so many people are just willing to shirk it off just to say, oh, it's so-and-so's fault. Almost nobody is standing up and saying no. And when I find the people who are willing to do that, it it fills me with the most amount of joy. It is fucking beautiful. And when they have beautiful stories to tell, especially if they involve kids, because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm such a baby. I just cry so much at everything. So you have been like... Uh, on the top of the list for this specific series for a long time. And again, I'm sorry it took so long to actually make it fucking happen. Well, I'm not but, going anywhere, right? I'm, I'll be here. So right. if it's at your leisure. When you get around to it, I'll still be here. So if that's oh, true well, for everybody. <laughs> you need to talk to someone, call me. I'm happy to talk to you. I'm not now going anywhere. you're here. Yeah. Um, part of, part of the thing that I'm building within the support structure of the show is to be able to actually send out mics and headphones to people to be able to get into studio mode, uh, with people remotely. So I, I intend on doing that with you. If you, if you're real about this, I'm, I mean, I'm talking about giving you the keys to the castle where like you can come in and, and help me guide this series called Humanity First that started about Andrew Yang, but now it's about something so much bigger and so much deeper, and you, you understand what it is. So please fully understand that like my invitation to you into this is coming with like the full keys to the castle. Like, Let's build this together. Let's make it the Lego movie. I'm going to cry like a little bit the whole time because... I am just a fucking softy gummy bear. I mean, that's how that's what uh, that's how the stuff makes me feel. But I'm like, I'm, I am. I'm, like, I'm taking your I'm taking your invitation seriously. I would absolutely love to help. Um, I have a limited amount of time and resources, but if I if I have the time, I'm going to donate it to you know making this happen. Okay. I love that. Because right. I I have so little time of m like my own time to give, right? And so I, much I of what I'm trying to, to do know. is just like, yeah, we're like I feel like best friends forever with all the gang gang, and and, and honestly, with I don't see any point in not being um, good to everybody. Don't you feel that way? Like everybody's your friend. If if somebody would pull me out of a ditch if I'm stuck in there, then you're my friend. I don't care what your politics are even if I completely disagree with other things that you're doing, right? We need that so bad. So many people right now, so many people, Faye, are just like, if you voted for Trump, get the fuck off my timeline. Block me. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Yeah, and but that's like, or if counterproductive. Or if you don't Bernie or yeah. if you don't, you know, whatever. It's just like all identity and it's 
divisive and just like tearing us a fucking part. We need, we need so badly. We need people in the middle reminding us to be us and bringing us together. And you are a goddamn superstar. So I am again, so fucking thankful to finally get you on. And uh, yeah, no, for sure. Like you're on the you're on the team now. So I don't know uh, how quickly uh, things will take off there, but like you have a seat at the table, is what I'm saying. And, well, thank you. And, <laughs> no, Appreciate I mean, it. like, 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 really, thank you, thank you for giving me the opportunity to give you a seat at the table because I wouldn't do that for just fucking anybody i talked to a lot of people on this show oh i and know a lot of people I, kind I'm of enjoying flirt. <laughs> a lot of people flirt with the ideas of what i'm getting at but you actually like on the ground level on the like bodily function level on the, like, <laughs> poops on, on the like poops and farts level you get what i'm trying to do and well good so, thing we never outgrow that <laughs> Oh, we can't. We can never outgrow poops and farts, man. <laughs> Everyone poops, guys. Everyone poops. A- everybody poops. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Faye, this is fucking amazing. I cannot wait to get you back on. Uh, the next time that you're here, it's going to be with a studio mic. And uh, it, what is a, what is going to be two pairs of studio headphones and a splitter so that Zephyr can appear as well, and and come be come sh- shine like the supernova that he is in this universe. Because you know what, we need to give them a voice. In the same way that I'm like, I I need to give Faye a voice on this show and let her tell her story because it's gut wrenching and makes me want to die in the most beautiful way because it's so beautiful and so horrifying and so illuminating of like oh my god this is how badly we need to fix this situation (laughs) in that same kind of like existential level like this story needs to be told i really feel like zephyr's story needs to be told so we're that is going to be a fun 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 episode for us to plan we're gonna do it like nick jr we're just gonna like produce it with all kinds of sound <laughs> okay. effects and, oh that sounds uh, like fun oh, oh yeah just, just i'm kitty, already imagining just, that <laughs> just kiddify it man just kitty just kiddify it in a way that kids can get into it and i fucking love this idea and so i cannot I think believe you... nobody like you're the person to introduce that like that particular idea like mind wave for kids like you are the person who birthed that idea oh, as, as the ultimate mommy <laughs> no you no like no i definitely mommy heard you come up with it <laughs> no 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 like <laughs> this isn't mine this isn't mine this is the whole thing this is why i call it the universe the mind wave universe because i'm just discovering shit that's already here Ooh, i'm like let's I'm give like, it to the fsm let's give it to the flying spaghetti monster <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> that connected yeah. us this day and also touched uh, Zephyr at the same time. <laughs> May his noodly appendages touch you all. Yes. His saucy balls of meat fill your mouth <laughs> with delicious balls. You're, you're pretty good at prayer for someone who says he's never been a, a, a believer. 
<laughs> oh man, I'm I'm totally digging the secular church thing now. I'm I'm gonna be a preacher. I got the, I got the fire in my soul, and it's only because of beautiful, goddamn human beings like you who bring me to my knees. It's only because of you that I am able to do this. So thank you so much for being a part of this. This is like this is why this is here. It's not my thing. It's our thing. This is like our thing that we're doing together, and I'm so thrilled. To have had, like, finally gotten, like, the episode one of Faye on my wave as a thing because you're totally coming back, like, a gajillion times. I just want to let you know. You're going to, like, be hosting these <laughs> episodes uh, right. pretty fucking soon. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting you know, like, this is the show where, like, yes, you will be hosting uh, at some point because you're just way too good not to. And you have the the heart and the spirit that you bring to this conversation and the realness is invaluable. I cannot there's not you can't put a price on 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 what you're contributing here. And and I I really want to make that very clear. There there's like okay. this, <laughs> You don't know I, how uncomfortable it makes me to, to sit around letting letting you talk for so long about. Um, it feels like all compliments. So, but I appreciate it. I appreciate I, that you see me. <laughs> I I know it because I hear it, and I realize that most of the time I'm just a gushy bitch about how much I love my guest. I know. But I love it. I love real. it when I hear you do that for other people. It's just super uncomfortable for, I don't know, some a Chinese girl to listen to that. <laughs> well, girl, get used to it because you're a fixture now. You're a, you're a, you are you are a thing here. You're 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 in it. It's it's you now. The universe is just as much me as it is you. This is this is one thing. Uh, listener, thank you so much for uh, participating in humanity first. Uh, 19? I don't even know what number we're on anymore because this is so beautiful. Uh, we're, we're going fucking hard, man. Like, if you thought that Andrew Yang dropping out was going to be the end of this series, you're fucking dumb and you weren't listening. Because <laughs> it wasn't about him. It was always about these cool motherfuckers that I want to bring into my fucking doghouse. You know oh, I mean? okay. See, I want to take that on. Yeah, I'm going to be a cool motherfucker. <laughs> oh, a cool man. moving forwarder. <laughs> MFR. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag MFRs. We're just, uh, oh, man. I call every bro on this show motherfucker, and I call every girl bitch. And it's, it's and most of the time I call the guys bitch, too, because I'm just like, bitch, that's beautiful. But holy shit. It's time God to co-opt the terms that are useful to us and that can give it lend us more power. Oh yeah. It's just endearment. It it is all about endearment and empathy and compassion and 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 really getting to that level of intimacy that we've lost. That you totally get. You totally get the thing that I'm talking about when I'm like, we've totally lost the intimacy of what it is to be human. And Well, you like it. I said, I think <laughs> I've been thinking about the same things for at least 10 years prior and just not with as much clarity, right? Obviously, um, everybody else has had stuff to contribute in our movement. 
And every time you hear somebody talking, you get a little more clarity about what it is we're trying to do. And I appreciate um, you getting everybody together and um, letting more people hear from the average person. You know, we're all average, but we're unique. We have all this great stuff. Yeah. You are not average at all. You are a goddamn superhero. Oh, here we go again. Okay. <laughs> we, we better say we, goodbye we, to our viewers, we, our we listeners do. today. <laughs> we do. Joshua constantly gets on me for Portuguese goodbyes where I'm just like, I love you. I love you. I love you. Mm, oh, I, yeah. 14 times because God damn it. It really is. It is that beautiful. But seriously, seriously, <laughs> face. Thank you so much for hanging out with me this morning. This was goddamn delicious. It's a fucking beautiful audio snack that I cannot wait to drop on the internet. And uh, I cannot wait for our next one. Oh, here's what I wanted to say to you. You you and other creators like you and other creative people and people who are life hackers and people who are, you know, travel, travel around and get stuff done, people, everybody. We, the Yang Gang has been uh, Andrew Yang's superpower this year. And I think that this, all of these superpowers, you know, um, were not adequately utilized by the campaign. And maybe part of that is just because of FEC regulations, you know, can't talk mm-hmm. to the independent expenditures people. But I think um, now that Andrew has, you know, come away from the campaign and is doing his own thing as an entrepreneur or as a nonprofit leader, that type of thing, um, he might be able to harness us more. So. Um, but we, but regardless, without that leadership, we got to just do it ourselves. We are each other's superpower. And so tap into that, you know, ask somebody else, if you want to put something together, get, get somebody else to help you. You know, if you're missing some of the skills you need to do something you want to do, ask, ask for it. Yeah. God damn it. Beautiful. (laughs) You guys, you guys. (laughs) Uh, you, you've been, presumably, if you're listening, you've been with us since the beginning of the Humanity First series, so hopefully you understand how awesome this was, but, uh, and I don't have a good way to close it out. I really don't, (laughs) other than just gushing like a little bitch and saying thank you 64 times. Uh, I do, I will, I have to put my heels down, my, like, sparkly (laughs) fucking Neverland heels that are all, (laughs) Jesus. Uh, No, really, like, thank you for being a part of this with us, and uh, again, thank you, Faye, for joining, and uh, here's to round two, because, oh my god, we barely scratched the surface. Again, we barely scratched the surface, we've been here for two hours, uh, excuse me, to almost three hours and we've barely scratched the surface. We have so many more places to go, so many more beautiful stories to tell. And it's only because of y'alls, like people like you. It's only because of like you guys that are willing to actually do it that this is actually possible at all. So realize the power of your own voice. Reach out to me at Mindwave Jenner on Twitter. Uh, and fucking come on and share your story. Because this, you guys, it, I want to say you have no idea how powerful this is, but you just heard it. You just heard the whole thing. So you do know how powerful this is. 
What you don't know is how powerful you are. And that is the thing, that is my mission in life, is to show you how powerful you are and bring you into something bigger that is going to allow you to shine like you've never fucking shined before and and allow that to bounce back to you in a way that is so goddamn beautiful and that you will I can't I can't describe it. I can't describe it. Once you start getting the shit out there and it starts bouncing back and you're like, "Oh, whoa, wait, that worked." Oh my god. This is the most addictive thing ever. Ever. This is way worse way than <laughs> or alcohol or caffeine or any of the other vices that I have. This is way worse than all of them on all of those fronts because it does all <laughs> It's much more satisfying, in a, right? I mean, a lot of things you do it, and then you kind of like, oh, and now it's over. And then, okay, so I guess I better do it again, you know? And so, but uh, but this is very satisfying when you feel like uh, you talk to somebody and the world is changing, you know, for oh the better. God, it's, it's exhilarating. It, yeah. it really is exhilarating to walk away from a conversation like this, like how the fuck can I even go to bed right now? Because that's what I'm supposed to do because, oh my God, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I've been awake all night recording with you all morning because it's so fucking beautiful. But it's like, how do I even go back from that? And it's like, that's the thing I'm getting addicted to. I'm talking to all kinds of people who are extremely different from me, who are coming from way different places and these conversations that are literal goddamn gold that thousands of people are going to enjoy their fucking tits off of it. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> aside from that, it is, it is so constructive and valuable for me. And, and just, it's like, it makes, again, it makes me understand. It makes me understand in a way that I didn't support so uh, if, if that wasn't clear, uh, hopefully it is now. Again, thank you for listening. My name is Jenner. That's Faye. Joining us for Humanity First 19. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, keep keep on keeping on, man. It's It was never about Andrew. It's about you. It's about you. What, what do you have to add to this story? What are your superpowers? Uh, reach around in the dark. Man, figure him out. Figure figure out what your superpowers are here because you absolutely fucking have them. 100%. Like, no human is without superpowers. You have some. Find out what they are. Um, uh, uh, let them birth into the universe on Mindwave. Let me help you grow. Let me help this movement grow. Let me help this story become exponentially more beautiful than it started as because that's <laughs> oh my god oh, okay that 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 okay that that is it for me Faye do you have a final <laughs> <laughs> final final thought <laughs> of cosmic wisdom if you want to leave the listener with anything that is going to keep them drooling for more content from you Oh no! I just I just wanted to let people know if you want to contact me you, or hear anything from me, you would go to at Palestine Math, and also we are on the Yang Gang Report live these days on Facebook. 
uh, we wanted to have um, that's really Annette um, Anderson who's really holding that down and uh, JB and everybody else on that. Um, I'm again like a guest, you know, we want you to be listening to all these different things, whatever's convenient for you, you know. And if you get a chance to um, support Jenner in doing what he's doing, do you have a place where people can uh, give you some support? Oh, man, look at you doing my support pitches for me. That's uh -huh. beautiful. <laughs> Mindwave.media, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you can become a friend of the show on Patreon or PayPal, or you can just send me a couple bucks on uh, Cash App. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with that. But um, really, this is the mission here. It, it, you, are, you are the mission. This is the way to, to go Mandalorian for a second. Like, this is the way, okay? I, I, I don't care too much about the Patreon and, and PayPal and all of that. I mean, of course I do. I appreciate the fuck out of the people who actually support this show. Because right. it's only because of those, like, dozen people that I'm even able to do it at all, literally. So I I really do appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, yes. again, you're, you're in it now. I mean, it, like I said, I it, I'm giving you keys to the castle. So oh, I I, I really appreciate you. <laughs> so thank you very much for creating these platforms. They're very important. Oh my God, it's not even my thing. Again, it's like not even my thing. It's just like something in nature that I found and I'm like, oh my God, isn't this adorable? It's not mine. It's not mine. You don't <laughs> climb to a mountaintop and find a beautiful fucking rock structure and be like, oh my God, this I own this now. <laughs> you know? It's like, I, I feel like I'm stumbling upon something beautiful in nature and I can't claim ownership to it at all all it is all of ours it is collectively it is ours this is humanity first thank you for listening okay well thank you jenner um really nice to be able to have this conversation with you oh my god it's gold stick around for a minute um i'm gonna stop the recording they do take a minute to mix down so okay i will do that <laughs> yes We'll talk to you next time, guys. Oh my God, was this was this a great one or what? Jesus! <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You have a really good taste in podcasts, clearly. So you probably also have a good taste in friends and know somebody who would enjoy the show as much as you do. So share the love. It's what we're all about. Special thanks to the friends of the show who make it possible. Rob J. Wilson, Corey Wilcox, Phil Ord, Travis Meyer, Heather Cook, Julia May, Boonhem, Lena Miller, and Jereen Elkins. Join the Mindwave universe at mindwave.media to be a part of the Mindwave journey with us. Also, make sure to check out the other content creators in the Mindwave sandbox and please help us support their work. Give us a follow on Twitter at Mindwave Podcast. If you think I'm cute, you can follow me at Mindwave Jenner. And if you think I'm annoying, wait until you see my Twitter at Mindwave Josh. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time. The Mindwave Podcast is produced by Studio Stargazer.